0: We're dedicating a shout-out to our mates at CALM. That's the Campaign Against Living Miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide.
1: It's tragic that suicide is the single biggest killer of men under the age of 45. But it's also avoidable. So if you're having a rough time, CALM's helpline and web chat are open 5 till midnight every single day. Find them at thecalmzone.net or you can call them from 5 p.m. until midnight 365 days of the year on 0800 <laughs> 5858
0: And welcome back to the Norwich Boxing Podcast. With me, Andy White, and with me today, we have at least one person who saw boxing this weekend. Not me. <laughs> Definitely not me. Mine, Theobald, and the current Oracle of Boxing, <laughs> <laughs> Harvey. Harvey is in the house. How you doing, Harvey? You're barking a lot more than you did last week. It's almost barking like up the wrong tree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah. No, uh... Oh, oh. This, this wow, confession you saw the we like Terry actually. It's so like that dog changing in the Snoop Dogg video.
0: I no, I don't Oh I no,
1: We know when Snoop oh, changes into a Doberman. Fuck's no. sake. No. He misspent childhood. <laughs> no. <laughs> um There'll be some out there going, You idiots. Sam. Sam O'Reilly, <laughs> who's yeah, the thirty plus year old white man who thinks he's The oldest Snoop teenager Dogg. in London. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard he stabbed someone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> last week. W- Shit, sorry.
0: Uh Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we just to reiterate that it's Martin Theobald, Terry Japandama, and myself, Andy White, taking you through the weekend's action of boxing. Although to be more specific, Terry will because Martin well Martin hasn't seen it, and I'm Andy White, so I won't have seen it.
1: I've had a busy weekend.
0: There's been so... no sweet Caroline. You can't. There's no point in having boxing if there's no sweet Caroline. What I understand is. They all started, boxing started when Neil Diamond's concert started. Fight started evolving from that, and that's kind of, you know, where it, boxing came from. It was that from. kind of crowd. Yeah, it, like boxing was born at <laughs> It was like a Warren crowd.
1: So, before we crack on, let's give a quick mention to the uh, the new message that you'd have heard at the beginning of the podcast um, that we've recorded. So we got in contact with Calm, who uh, are acting to try and help um prevent male suicide so you'll be hearing that every week from us uh just as our part of doing good really and trying to balance our karma out because we're pretty terrible people for you know two hours of recording this um uh, and i if mean you, if you're th- one of our female listeners feel free to get in touch with any one of us we will help you through any issues you have Don't unless i've fallen me. out with you then don't call me <laughs> that <laughs> that's a really weird way of like sliding into my dms right well no. How, how Who's, who slides set, into DMs in how 2018? How you
0: turned a, a nice thing into something creepy? <laughs> are,
1: you, are you hoping Erica's listening? Yeah. <laughs>
0: They're like, oh, the door's still open with Terry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously, it's it's uh, the single biggest killer of males. You know the statistic more specifically than I do. No, At the age of 45, That's is it?
1: Absolute lie. I don't know <laughs> at all. I'll sue you. All right.
0: Well, it's definitely... Uh, I it will not be the first, would you I? Fucking uh, grass. <laughs> the point is if you're suffering get in touch with calm
1: do and we'll repeat that message every week for the foreseeable uh, at the beginning of the podcast and the one ask i have of everyone is just look in your phone man. sometimes just send a whatsapp message to someone you haven't spoken to in six months say listen how are things with you you never know what you never know what that response will be it might be nothing it might be something but you know always just have that little scroll through just reconnect with people yeah, I mean, we know our demographic is something like 95, 96% male. So that's why we've we've worked with Calm, because they're specifically aimed at males. So just talk, talk, talk with people if you can. And the rest um, is made up of approximately 72 different genders. <laughs> they're very fluid, the rest <laughs> yeah. of our, our listenership.
0: Uh, right, moving on to something, I think this week... Just not dick pics, right?
1: (laughs) At least two
0: of us are less qualified to talk about. And that's going some, because... I haven't got a clue. We've read from a script from the Khan
1: thing, I've genuinely not got a clue. Uh, I've been at a virtual reality centre today, though, with my... um, Really? Yeah. What was that like? With my son and my old man. So? Where is it? Up the city centre, Milton Keynes. Oh, wow. Um yeah it's uh, this is purely indulgent for me but it's a temporary thing or is it permanent no it's permanent you know sorry anyone that doesn't know Milton Keynes right now yeah. would have switched <laughs> off but I want to the know the theatre district was now 12th street up the city centre yeah. up, um, what used to be the Latin bar on the corner Okay. opposite slug and lettuce yeah. and again anyone not for Milton Keynes you, you know I'm painting you a lovely picture quite worrying <laughs> that I know where that is I'm an all bar one fan
0: it's within 20 metres of a bar you'll know where it is yeah. south so of Watford Gap it's I very, reso-
1: very reasonably priced <laughs> as well it's like 15 quid for half an hour so what did you get to do in there? Uh, go and play virtual reality games. I was shooting like bow and arrows at big monsters and all sorts. Did it sorts. not make you feel like motion sickness
0: or anything no, like no, that as all well? No, no, not Oh, at that's all. really Brilliant. cool. That's really cool. Terry, can you top that?
1: No, I've just had like a shitload of work today, so no. Terry watched the boxing though, so that's oh. quite useful for now.
0: Oh, what difference does that make? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're doing a boxing podcast.
1: <laughs> so, uh, what games did you plan that virtual reality <laughs> Fruit Ninja. For anyone that's played Fruit Ninja on like a tablet, you're playing that but with your hands cutting up these fruit. But your hands don't look like hands, man. They've got these big swords coming oh, out. Of them. Cool. Oh, mate, it's the bollocks. Oh, I've got to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's great. In fact, I'll go now. Well, we haven't lost anything, so <laughs> <laughs> it's perfectly fine. <laughs> Terry, the Gale versus Truax? Or did you want to start? No, with- no, look, look, let, let, let's start with this shit that people really care about. So, Harvey. bless him Harvey's not here today I have a real issue with DeGale fans Um, DeGale fans are like vegans (laughs) they have this really weird overzealous love for something that's seemingly irrational you know
0: that's Laura Jones right (laughs) who Laura Jones.
1: Who's Laura Jones? I uh, went to Laurie school Jones. with a girl. I went to school with the girl she's, called Laura Jones. She's gonna love
0: that. Lauren Jones.
1: She wasn't very attractive at school. Then she blossomed, but by then I'd pissed her off too much. <laughs> tragic. But yeah, as that for does Lauren,
0: sound like a tragic story, as tragedy. For, uh, is as, the for, word as for, that for comes Laurie... to: to a <laughs> real
1: modern day tragedy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she keeps her awake at night. Oh, I'm so hot now.
1: <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> no, so 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 this band of De fans, like I've I've seen all kinds of weird expressions of irrational emotion towards James De None of it backed up by fundamentals. Absolutely none of it. The hypocrisy that De Gale fans have is unbelievable. You know, the same people who will have a go at Bell you for being ignorant love James De for being ignorant. If you see what I mean. It's this weird vortex he sucks people into where they just love him because he's James DeGale. And then there's that that kind of Essexy mafia that worship the McDonald and the Stewart camps. And anything they do, like, you know, a defeat's a victory to them. Like, there's nothing that can go wrong. We're we just being honest here. And so, what you've ended up having is this story that DeGale is somehow this British boxing great. But the man's fought, what, 27, 28 times in his career? What fights has DeGale really had where you're like, you boxed the best people at your level? Badu Jack will always be the one that stands out as... Because if Badu Jack had st- uh, stuck around at 175 pounds, reasonably... Uh, sorry, 168 at super middle. You would say he was the best super middleweight, given that he's beaten George Groves, who are now de facto kind of accepting as the best super middleweight. You know, I think that fight with Badu Jack took so much out of De Gale, finished him, arguably. I, I'd argue that it was before that. And it was only once we saw Medina fight Benavidez we realized how bad Medina was. And De Gale went life and death with him. So we, we all got sucked into it. And, th- and this is the gift of Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn gave us Brandon Gonzalez. Brandon Gonzalez was all set to retire before he fought De Gale. People don't realize that. And that's why he never fought again after De Gale. And I can't remember which other numpty Hearn put in front of him to just wipe out in under four rounds. So suddenly we thought Gail was this, this man reborn. Because do you remember when he signed with Matchroom? Gonzalez was the undercard of Gross Frotch, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And if you remember like if you remember what Gail was saying before, yeah, you know, kooks, kooks, <laughs> just all these muggy leisure centres, like Blue Water and that, like Hennessy didn't show me no love, now Hearn show me love. This sounds like the Grey Tracksuit Brigade. Well, who do you think he trains with?
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you couldn't have yourself. James,
1: <laughs> James, beautiful. Beautiful, James. No, he's a 16-man fighter. Yeah, yeah, go on, go on, James. Go on, James. Beautiful. Go on, James. James, James, just keep doing what you do. Yeah, Lovely. just me
0: that, re- when you look at that, Jack Bedou Jack de Kale fight. It feels like it was a loss for the Gal in my, from what
1: I remember, because well, he was it, so battered. The U bags put it in perfect perspective, didn't they? When they just said they lifted his lip up, it was like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect, like, and that said it all. Like the fact that they could take the piss out of James the girl, uh, after all the nonsense he talked, and let's be honest, that wasn't even a vintage Bedou Jack. Bedou Jack just showed up and was consistent for twelve rounds. Truax was consistent for 12 rounds in that first fight. And the DeGale fans are so, so thick that <laughs> they can't go back and That's realize. Terry's
0: opinion of anyone who considers themselves a chunky no, fan no, out no, there. No, no,
1: no. Every time James has stepped up to where we're like, this is a good 50-50 fight. You know, he's always been made to look ordinary. Grove's made him look ordinary. I still remember... When the verdict was read out, you saw DeGale jumping around like a little tramp, and then out of nowhere, yeah, it was like Groves won. And people assume that it was a close fight. It was a majority decision, which means no judge thought James DeGale won. Let's be absolutely clear about that, right? So when you start talking about Groves and DeGale, you can't. Groves has beaten him every time they've fought, he's beaten him. You well know, he's got more money than him, probably has a better legacy than him, but if even they were, with the defeats factored in. If they were fighting tomorrow, uh, like, I don't even think you'd have a split of fans other than James DeGale fans. The vegans. It, it would be such a one-sided affair. Yeah. yeah. And and I've never seen a Brit, and we'll, and we'll come on to the technical side of the fight in a second, but I've never seen a Brit win back their world title and just be so resoundingly disrespected and disliked. And it's sad because actually, James in person, when you talk to him, it's fine. I think James the Boxer's the dickhead. I think when you look at the build-up to the fight and when they had the weigh-in and you've got Caleb Truax and James DeGale, and they have their face off and then James DeGale's already mouthing off to Caleb, Caleb Plant. Who had the best shirt ever <laughs> at that press conference. <laughs> but, you know, you haven't even got a world title at this point and yet you're already offering Caleb Plant a fight over there. It's like you haven't learned your lesson of overlooking what's in front of you which you did against Truax in the first fight and you lost (laughs) but but not even that but you're looking ignorant as well like you're over there representing your country right and that's what you that's what you've been saying in the media and you're there just being just an ignorant i mean just in just being fucking ignorant but but look when we when, when when he retires james gale will be that guy that was never that slick was never that that kind of unorthodox unusual fighter because if you look at all of his fights at the highest level they're all wars right there's 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 nothing there's nothing where he's making people miss routinely like Mayweather did or there's nothing where he's got people under control like Ward did like Ward for all the wars that Ward was in he didn't sustain a lot of damage because he was cute on the inside and he was clever on the outside the wasn't very bright on the outside, wasn't very bright on the inside. I don't necessarily blame him. I think he was in the wrong camp. And I would never send a fighter to train with Jim McDonald or just that whole axis out that way. Yeah, they seem to take really good talent and just water it down to mediocre. So if you're in that position, you really want to ask yourself, Am I really going to learn elite level boxing here? And that's no disrespect to Jim McDonald. Jim McDonald is ABA champion, Commonwealth Games, medalist. I mean, had an absolute war with Azuma Nelson, so we know he's tough. But he hasn't shown us anything that indicates he can take a man and make and make him special, you know? But but look, the Gale fans, just get realistic about it. He's not as great as you think he is. He's not as talented. Well, he is as talented, but he hasn't delivered on his talent like you think he has. In terms of the fight... um, you have to go back to the first fight to understand how Caleb, Tru- uh, yeah, how Caleb Truax won the first fight. We talked about this on the podcast before. He never let Gail take the right-hand side. So Degel could never move to his right in the first fight. If you go back and watch the first fight, every time Truax came in, he was always drifting to his own left, which meant that Degel had no option but to drift to his left. And there was often a straight right or right uppercut waiting for him. And what that did is it confused James because James' is used, James's normal escape route is to drift out to the right or if he's looking to counter you, pull to the right and throw that straight left. Truex didn't let him do that in the first fight and he seemed to forget that in the second fight because if you watch the second fight, James is able to find the right-hand side at will, which meant he could take the center of the ring again. And once James had the center of the ring, you know, he just, he just ran and countered from Truex and Truex couldn't get the same purchase as he got in the first fight. So poor form on Truax's part to forget what got him there I don't believe he needed to change anything but nothing in that fight from DeGale that you can hang your hopes on because he looked lethargic he started off really really fast but what happened after a while he retreated to the ropes and the only difference was Truax just didn't shut the escape routes off so he wasn't able to do the damage he did in the first fight but still you looked at the end of that fight DeGale looked like a man who's on his last legs that's Whatever you think about him personally or professionally, he looked like a man who was on his last legs. So, what do you do next? Like his mandatory is that Jose Uskets guy. If I'm saying his name properly, um, don't even know if I did. Now, if you think Truax was a pressure fighter who hits hard, what degale has got <clears throat> next in his mandatory might just finish him off, and that should be scary. I, I it was a. It was a fight worth watching in some ways but I felt I felt sorry for Truex and he was right in the interview he was just flat he was off he wasn't that good so I mean will they do a third fight probably and will DeGale win it probably not but let's be honest like, Truex was never that good before the first fight Truex came out of nowhere he was a 40 to 1 outsider I think it was uh for the first fight so the fact you know people may be disappointed in what they saw at Truex last night I can't comment because I haven't seen it but don't forget this guy, although he held a world title, he should never have been holding a world title.
0: Yeah. What? In boxing. That could never be
1: the case. Well I say shouldn't. Look, he earned it. By all respects he earned it. It's just if you mm. if you looked at what the um the narrative was gonna be for De that was just a routine defence to get him back home, um and for Frank Warren to sign him up and, and show him off in the UK yeah. and it all went wrong. James DeGale went life and death twice with someone's RE teacher. Someone's <laughs> fucking home economics teacher. Do you know what? you life and death with the guy that that might bag your IKEA shopping. That That's essentially what James did. He went life and death with a guy that he wouldn't even bother sparring. And, you know, I saw people on Twitter jumping up and down like like you know, fucking the Energizer Bunny because he won in Vegas. It was embarrassing. A lot of people need to really look at themselves and go, do you really get what this sport is? I mean, just, you know, and it, it annoys me because essentially what you now have is this class of people you know the ticket buying cornflake crunches aren't they just they just well, not, the, not the ones that buy tickets and support the sport well well god forbid no <laughs> yeah, but they don't really support the sport because <laughs> they, they contribute. yeah but they contribute that talk to-, to that toxic environment where bullshit sells right bullshit sells over substance and oh well i buy tickets so i've got a right to an opinion. Uh, you are oh, fuck you, off you, no no i get yeah, that but, but, d- but at the end of the day
0: who you're talking about there because you're, you're talking about people who buy tickets <laughs> to shit events aren't you
1: well just, no, no, um, it's more the cornflake crunches. I mean, we've got to be really precise about the cornflake crunches. Right, so
0: <laughs> define these cornflake crunches then. <laughs> define who these people are who... I'm intrigued. Uh, eat cornflake. Like we're okay. drinking beer, they're eating cornflakes by ringside uh, or...
1: Well, they could if they probably would if they were allowed to in New York Hall, right? But no, look... there are
0: cornflakes for sale!
1: No, 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 but there's a class of cornflake cruncher, And what they do is they have these opinions on boxing. They don't really engage with the sport at any deeper level other than buy a ticket, go to the bar, have a few drinks, sit there, watch what goes on, don't really understand what goes on, piss off. And have these really aggressive opinions on boxing that they don't want challenged because then it would just be exposed that they don't know shit. So they get really, really tribal about shit that doesn't matter in boxing. And then when that buzz and that hype's died down, they go off and find the next big thing. That's coming through, and they'll just jump onto that too. So, there's no residual loyalty to this either. It's just cornflake crunches who think they know more than they do until you challenge them, and then they don't because they're just very, very basic human beings.
0: They sound like fair weather supporters or bandwagon jumpers Just, just morons. Why, w- just why morons. cornflake
1: crunches? Why not?
0: There's no link to cornflakes at all. I don't even. It
1: doesn't even. <laughs> like, okay, if I get you a bowl of cornflakes, no milk. Just eat them and see how you look when you're eating them. Just look in the mirror as you're eating them. <laughs> so we need to be more specific. No, Non-milk, non-milk cornflake crunches. What? I don't, I don't think it crunches with milk, but yeah, okay. Uh, if you get in there early enough, it does. Well, yeah. If then you want to get what? soggy, then why put the fucking milk in there in the first place? <laughs> I like that little hybrid. I'm a big fan of it. I can tell. I'm a cornflake cruncher. I wonder how many times this podcast can derail <laughs> this week. No, but I think just to summarise the the DeGale fight, you'd be very worried about James being in there against someone who can punch now.
0: Oh, I've got some questions. Anyway, so Verbal Warning asks that, well, first of all, he declares he's pumped for the pod because he can't wait to hear Terry wax lyrical about his pride at having another UK world champion. Oh, he is
1: delighted about this. How He is delighted.
0: How long will the chunky rain last? However, I'm going to ask you another question. Uh, the Boxing Madman asks, is DeGale now done? Would you agree that if you fight Smith, Groves, Eubank Jr. or... Oh, here we go. Uz-Kag... Kads-Gooey. He's mandatory. uz <laughs> That That was my voice that said that, by the way. Just so... Next to uh, um, Net, if he fights any of those people that I've said, plus the one that I couldn't say, does he get beaten? Best chance of prolonging his career to 2019 is to fight Truax for the third time. So you've got two, a few things to unpick there, but is he done? Will he get beaten if he fights someone of any notoriety in his next fight? And how long would his reign last? And how pumped are you for it?
1: So, so in that fight, there were times when De Gail was taking shots and reacting to them in a way we haven't seen him before. So he's getting hurt in fights now, where before we used to think he had a cart, we used to think he had a frotch-like chin, if we're being honest. Before the Jack fight, we thought he had a frotch-like chin, and now we're seeing that vulnerability. If he fights his mandatory, I'm not even going to say Luskut's guy, whatever he's called, he's going to get smashed to pieces. Even if he wins, he's going to be smashed to absolute pieces he's cutting up easily now he's bruising up easily he you know he's showing the signs of wear and tear and a man who hasn't taken the sport seriously
0: why can i just stop you there why would you cut more easily later in your career what would what would it be scar tissue or what i mean
1: yeah so so number one the scar tissue so what happens over time is you're (coughs) Your scar tissue starts to build up in in key contact areas, so around the eyebrows, on the forehead, and because it's sort of, I, I don't want to say calcifies, because that might not be the medically correct term, but it hardens up. I think that's
0: cellulose, if I'm if I'm correct. That is, um, it's collagen, but uh, oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah. Yeah. so it's it's a high it's a higher amount proportion of cell um in, collagen. of collagen
1: so, in those areas, isn't So, so yeah, so the density right. increases and it hardens it's up. So, so, so part so, of plants. <laughs> I thought you were about cellulite, they're like fat women, but. <laughs> uh, we'll get there in yeah. the end. So, so, so on contact, you're then more prone to scarring. Right. And you're more, more prone to opening up. So which it tears is why easier or something. Yeah. Which is why, generally, once you start cutting, that that's kind of it for your career. You'll, you'll keep cutting. Another example is Lenares. Mm-hmm. And I think as you, as Lenares starts to fight these hard fights, you'll start to see him cutting up again because he's got masses of scar tissue from <clears> his, <throat> from his earlier career where he was just cutting up easily. But if we go back to De against punches, I don't think he stands a chance now. Against boxers, he seems to be a one-trick pony now, where he's looking for that 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 leaping right hook or that leaping uppercut. He, there's there's nothing to James De that suggests surprise factor anymore. So he's he's on that he's on that plane downwards, and you're looking at it going. You know when you start to lose that athleticism as Froch did he, Froch relied on his chin and the fact that he was just going to beat people down but I was just thinking in my head then all these names that we've put in for DeGale not one of them would you confidently predict him to stop like no. stop because he doesn't do it no. when's the last time we saw him actually stop somebody of note Gonzalez whatever that's even <laughs> someone of note he's never no. stopped anyone of note no and like so I can only see now that he's going to be in Almost novelty fight. So I use that term loosely. But, uh, you know, a, a banker, so a Groves. Something that's going to make him a lot of money so that he can get out of the sport. So if I
0: pretended that I was a um, casual for a second...
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit Who, of a leap, but... I don't... <laughs> Who have... What's DeGaulle's best career wins today? DeGaulle. I wouldn't even say that. That that. That's... That, that was a mentally unstable Durrell, as we then found out. He, he's in pieces. Butte was shot. Butte, Fr- was Frotch, shot. Frotch already embarrassed him. Um, it's hard. Paul Smith. I mean, that can't feature on anyone's top 50. Well, I think uh, it does. On, on DeGale, you <laughs> said you said who's his best win? Paul Smith. If I'm wrong, Twitter Twitterite, please pull me up on this. I think Paul Smith is DeGale's best win.
0: Uh, in any or maybe way... the guy
1: he beat in the 2008 Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> so who did he fight on his debut? Let's go back. So, so ostensibly... well, he was a Warren fighter. So some Latvian. I, I
0: ostensibly, any time he's come up against a fighter of of genuine class, he's gone. He's either lost or drawn.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, and he always goes life and death with these people. So
0: then why? Why does he have the notoriety that he does? Because of the cornflake crunches, he's done, tweeting. He's
1: done quite well, really. A hundred percent, he's done well, yeah. and it's this thing that you have to respect somebody who has made enough money that hopefully they can, well, hopefully they haven't pissed seemed- it all away outside of the ring, which some people have suggested mm-hmm. might be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, hopefully he's got enough that he can put it away. But With what seems like a limited skill set. In it's not a limiting no, no, skill. No, set. No, no, no. No. No.
0: Even not with no. well uh, amongst uh, no, no. amongst
1: his he, he's uh, uh, he's underachieved if you want to yeah. look at it. Right, so what, from has his skill been, set. what has
0: been his limiting factor then?
1: Okay, so so let's go back. Uh, right? Lifestyle perhaps? Yeah. But but let, let, let's let's go back and look in from guys from the 2000s, right? Durrell was around he was around into in the 2000s and he was boxing at olympic level. I think Bute was boxing at olympic level. Golovkin definitely was boxing at olympic level. Ward was there, or thereabouts, at Olympic level. do Jack was there in 2008. You know, all of these people are James DeGale's peers in the sport. Fedor Chudinov is James... All these guys are James DeGale's peers. And skill-wise, he's in the upper echelons of that. From what he's actually able to do in the right environment, with the right people training him, is incredible. But he's had his whole career where he's coasted on that ability he had up until the age of like 20. And he's kind of coasted on it. His camp haven't added anything to it. Oh We're going to make you fit. We're going to make you fit. You're going to keep running. 15 round fire. Yeah, 15 round. 15 round. I know it's three extra, but come on, you know. You might need him again. You know, but... Extra time. But... Uh, all of that. And we've always waited for James De DeGale to be that guy who gave us like... So when you look at Billy Joe Saunders' performance against David Lemieux, that's what we wanted to see from De DeGale. We never saw that from James De DeGale. Mm. So he has massively <clears throat> underperformed. And I think we have to accept we're not going to see it from James DeGale. I'm going to throw out it there. It. My guess is that we see, probably in the summer, De DeGale versus Billy Joe Saunders. I think that will happen. Oh, that'll be lush. Do you think? That'll be horrible. <laughs> would th- yeah, but I, it, I- from, from a event perspective, it would be good. And if Warren can't sell that out, there's problems. Um, you know, the 0-2, those two fighting, that should be a, an easy, that's an open goal for Warren. Um, yeah, just, I just feel like that's a
0: fight that would, it would, it would um, well, it doesn't strike me as a fight that Billy Joe would shut down. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: It, take it in a heartbeat.
0: No, no. Oops. What I mean is, during the fight, it wouldn't be a fight that he just does one, two, and then just, like, basically win it through Yeah,
1: it would. No, 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 no. You it don't... would. It, it exactly right. would. A... Because... I it's going to be one or the other. <laughs> because James DeGale can't come forward anymore. So James's uh, okay, whole default sense. position yeah, is, I'm going to retreat to the ropes. So it
0: outboxed him rather than getting into a well, war. Well,
1: well, he's hoping that Billy Joe will come forward. But Billy Joe's like... Hey, we were there together in 2008. I know you. <laughs> we sparred together. I know you. I'm not going to give in to your plan. You and I are both going to fight for that same space. I'm quicker. I'm fresher. I've got less miles on the clock. Good luck. But I think that's a fight that, from Gale's perspective, would make perfect sense because he's not dangerous. Saunders isn't a big puncher in middleweight. Make him step up to super. Um From Saunders' perspective, you know, fuck knows what's going on with the whole Golovkin um, and Alvarez stuff now. But you know, what's to say those two won't meet in September? It would just, it would make so much more sense for Saunders to take that fight and go to being a potential, you know, two weight world champion. And for now, just forget about the Golovkin side of things. It almost depends on cuts, though, doesn't it? If if James heals from his cuts in time, that's the problem. Yeah, um, I can see the Eubank Junior fight happening. Uh, yeah. Just t- timing-wise, you can see he's coming off his cut. DeGale's coming off his... I see that dovetailing neatly, actually. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, we have uh, two more questions about James DeGale, which I'm actually really have looking
1: you, have for. Have you got them to hand, Andy? Yeah,
0: I have. I'm just about to say it now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Robert Edwards. <laughs> well done. Is there a more unlikable guy in boxing than DeGale?
1: So I think the best Absolutely question to answer, there is
0: there. Is that a fair question?
1: No, no. So James Gale, the boxer, is an absolute twat, right? He, he, he's got that thing that Bellew has where, where it's almost like the competitive juices overflow. And it's they, a self-righteousness. Yeah, and they act so far outside of themselves. Is he that self, is he self-righteous and, as Bellew, though? I don't know. He he's he, he's got the same level of delusion. That's what that that's one thing you can say about those two. The conversation between those two would be brilliant. It would. It would. It would just be a massive dick swinging contest. Yeah. But without massive dicks other than the <laughs> two people involved. Yeah. Because they're they guys who, in Bellew's case, I think Bellew's about par for what he's done in his career. But some people feel he underachieved. You know, you almost wonder what would have happened if he just turned pro as a cruiserweight. That might have been a bit more interesting, but you sense he's underachieved. Gale's definitely underachieved. So you're looking at that going, what would they even talk about? But they're both disliked as boxers, but as human beings, they're really well liked. So if you meet James DeGale in Sainsbury's or something, you have a great conversation with him. If you are a young sparring partner working with James DeGale, you will leave with a thoroughly disappointed demeanor, you'll be upset, you won't like James DeGale. If you're a journalist, you won't like James DeGale. If you're his opponent, you won't like James DeGale. If you're a promoter, you won't like James DeGale. But if you are a fan in the street and you get to spend an hour with James DeGale, look at the guy in the beefer. Everyone loves him, And Like they, they were giving him all kinds of treats out there. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Which might have contributed to his 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 you know, the, 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 the decline in his final career. But I said this to someone yesterday I said when you talk about your opinion of a boxer you have to separate the man that makes the money from the person that he has to be in his day to day life and I'm not here to disrespect James DeGale as a human being as a man I think you know his family love him people around him speak really highly I remember Mick Delaney speaking really highly of him as a boxer very hard to speak highly of him I think he's he will regret some of the things he's done in his career because it's contributed to this perception that he's a bit of a dick.
0: Um feel free to kick me into the long grass here, but
1: we will. How
0: was Bellew underachieved? Because he looks like it's for me, a sense that he's
1: overachieved. Ah man Bellew he's a good boxer. Bellew three times ABA really- finalist, absolutely dominated at 91 kilograms. Was so confident at 91, went up to 91 plus and was battering super heavyweights. Tony Bellew's a very he was a big, tough, strong young man that people thought this is a potential Olympic medalist. So when you pitch him at that level, Bellew's supposed to be somebody How how old was he at this point? 22, 23.
0: Is it because he just he just strikes me as a agricultural boxer and they always seem to have a
1: level but that's a very british way of boxing isn't it we we don't really have many guys who are versed in the dark arts of being skillful we have guys like bell you who are tough guys who are going to try and knock you out and if if he had partnered up with caldwell in the beginning because caldwell is quite agricultural as you said i think that would have been a perfect mix to go up into the cruiserweight division and we might have even seen the David Hay fight sooner. So, yeah, in a lot even, of ways...
0: Even given the current cruiserweights now and that have been around, you still think he's underachieved?
1: Yeah, because the the the, the guys who are really... The guys holding the gold now are not Tony Bell's contemporaries. Like... They're, they're nowhere near his contemporaries. He's like a, a Macronelli type. They're that they're his contemporaries.
0: Okay. Um what's the logic behind De Gail having Malignaggi in his camp as an advisor, but not in the corner on the night from Riku Heikler?
1: So that's like getting a consultant in, isn't it? Really? It's uh... it's a sign that you don't trust your team. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I think I've seen various tweets and people saying it's a, a disgrace and an insult to Jim McDonald. I think. Well, oh, no, it's not. I don't know any Americans. <laughs> but, you know, look, if you're not happy with the result of the first fight, you'd be stupid not to ask somebody else to come in and, and help out. And the fact that you get Malinagy in to come and lend another set of eyes and give their opinion and it's a consultancy role, isn't it? Like the fact that he wasn't in the corner, I don't even know if he's got the trainer qualifications to be in the corner. I'd be surprised actually. I think if you've got boxing license, you can, can't you? No, I don't think so. Hmm? Because that's why Lee, Pur- that's why Lee Purdy and all the Smith guys can get in. They don't have trainers like they don't have trainers. Uh, okay, I want them out of seconds or something, but uh, I don't know what it is in America either. Um, don't know whether you need them, but. No, it doesn't doesn't surprise me that Malinadji wasn't there. I'd have thought he's just probably there to point out some flaws through the camera. He, he was commentating. Was he? Yeah. Ah right. <laughs> That's why he wasn't there. Maybe McDonald had some headphones on. <laughs> <to> <laughs> no pass the messages on. All that happened because it wasn't really a loud crowd there. All you could hear honestly was Jimmy Mack and his son. Beautiful, James. Beautiful. James is taking an uppercut to the chin. Beautiful. Took it really well, James. Yeah, go on, James. You got this under control, James. And like uh, young Jimmy MacGee, just going ape shit on the outside as well, you know, trying to influence the judges. I don't like that. That's what Gallagher does, which I don't like.
0: Okay, this kind of comes back to, uh, in some way, touching on the questions we've already answered. But James Jamie Reed asks: For someone who has seen, uh, who was seen as a slick boxer, uh, he says, "De um, DeGael takes quite a lot of damage in his fights in recent years. How long do you think he has left, and where does he go from here?"
1: We, I think, we mentioned it earlier. The, the slickness is an absolute myth it's the the gale has won his his most meaningful fights by being tough by being tough and being accurate in his punches but he sustained far more punishment than for example george groves far more punishment so actually look if we look at his contemporaries at that sort of weight <coughs> rocky fielding's a contemporary they they're from that same generation uh Jamie Cox, another one. George Groves, another one. And then you've got Gale. Look at who's sustained the most damage in their career. It's comfortably James DeGale you It's know, unfair to compare anyone to Jamie Cox because Keezer <laughs> <he> hasn't fought. <laughs> you know, when you're that inactive... He's pacing himself. <laughs> he's going to be there when he's 70 at this rate. Um, Maybe he'll fight Gale. Perhaps. It's an option. He's fighting... Who's he got coming up? Fielding is it fielding or no? It's not Ryder? fielding. Rider for the British. Yeah, don't be surprised if Jamie Cox. Because you know what he's like. He's I like him because he's quite bombastic in what he says. Oh, he's brilliant. I'll fight De Gail. Why not? Yeah, How I'll beat De I won't fight him. <laughs> uh, DJ beat Box- everyone. He'd be Wilder if you asked him. DJ Boxing Blog asks:
0: Do you ever think James De Gale has fulfilled his potential? No. Which I uh, which I, I think is a resounding no from the pod so far. And VIP. Dave McGinley asks... David? If Eubank Jr. and DeGale f- agree, agreed to fight at the end of the summer, who would you back and why?
1: U-Bank I think that actually
0: J- be a better fight than him and Billy Joe Saunders, personally.
1: Eubank Jr. I think Eubank Jr. There's enough personal needle between those two that I think Eubank Jr. will get up for it. That will be no stone unturned. I think with, with Groves, it was like he had to manufacture the dislike. With Gail he doesn't have to manufacture any kind of dislike. Uh, Why is that just like there then? Sparring. Oh, that's that's purely it, is it? Well, so there was a period in James DeGale's career where he was notorious for being quite insecure. So look, if you're a young amateur, an up and coming pro, you get to work with James DeGale. I know a few that have. Yeah, you're going to stick it on him because you're worried about what he'll do to you. So you get into panic mode and you go after him because you're like, shit, he might hurt me. So James doesn't take too well to that. So what James will do, like so, so, just, just to contrast it with Groves, if you, if you take a liberty with George Groves or take the piss, he'll hit you once and it'll be that hard and that accurate, you will calm down afterwards. He'll look at you and you go, yeah, and you'll nod your head and go, okay, sorry. Gail will just put the beating on you round after round until you quit. Like he's done that before with amateurs. He's done it before. And I think he tried to do that to Eubank Jr. but Eubank Jr. doesn't break. And that's where the needle comes from. And Eubanks are like, look, I weathered the storm, and I came out of it the better man. And DeGale, you know, he has his view on 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 the same events. So James is notorious for not being the elder statesman that he should be in British boxing.
0: Uh, Daniel Smith asks uh, more of a general question, moving away from the DeGale stuff. With so many random titles being handed out nowadays, what titles do you guys actually consider legitimate? area slash national slash commonwealth Brit- uh, british european um anyway yeah what- i
1: ignore anything there's a wba international uh wbc it's silver has some sort of qualification after the look those ones let's be frank about it are purely there for ranking purposes so andy you want to get into the top 15 you want to be in a position where you can be picked as a, a voluntary for a defense therefore we'll get
0: Oh, sorry, no. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: therefore we'll get you a WBC silver shot, or a WBC international shot, um, and I'll pay the WBC or the WBA, IBF, WBO, whoever, X amount in sanctioning fees. Plus. You pay the judges to come over, you pay all these things, and, um, you know, somebody's making an awful lot of money at that just so that you can fight some fucking Latvian bin man <laughs> to get a spot in the top 15 of the WBC, the WBO, uh, the IBA. I got a- and then le- let's remember, that is exactly what DeGale did before he fought Paul Smith. He was a WBA international champion. we got plenty of WBA international champions. Or intercontinentals, like, yeah. Yeah, loads How of them How would it be
0: to win a, you're sort of like, oh, this is for the WBA, yeah, it's the WBA, and then just 14 different, Area caveat. What's crazy about
1: it is that
0: such a downer.
1: (laughs) You don't. Who knows who's like? If you said to me, "I'm fighting for WBA international title," I don't know if somebody already holds that belt. I don't know if somebody's allowed to already hold that belt,
0: or if there's three of those titles floating around the same
1: division. (laughs) Yeah, and then you see like Dillian White defending his WBC silver title. I'm like, why are you defending something that that's pointless? Like you you've won it and you've gone up those rankings. Why are you defending it still? I don't... Unless You can imagine at the end of the fight, they both get
0: issued with one anyway.
1: But look, I'd imagine (laughs) what happens is that, say, Hedy Earn um, rings up the WBC and says, oh, I'm going to vacate Dillian White's title. And they say, well, you can, but that means you won't be paying us any sanctioning fees. And you've got a fighter. You want to get into our top 15 in three months' time. Therefore, you might want to keep that title. You might want to pay those sanctioning fees again. And you might wanna, you know, grease the wheels a little bit. I'm not saying that does happen, but it, no, but it does. Heady but it does. Probably does. <laughs> <laughs> but can I for me, the if we exclude the world titles, the belt I look for as things stand now is the Southern Area because I think that separates the Jokers from the boxers. I think if you can get to a Southern Area title, it separates you from like eighty percent of the boxes. Or northern. For yeah, northern. Yeah. So uh, just generally an area title separates you from Not the, all area titles, because some of the areas are so sparse that you've only got four people in that division anyway. Like if you look at the board website and who holds the the area titles, some of them are so inactive or so you know, vacant for a year or something because there just aren't enough people for it. Yeah. But so, but but generally you look at you go but you know you're at a certain level. But in the where, southern and the northern, those yeah. they're well populated enough that it makes them legitimate. Even some of the central. So so you could I can oh, look, sorry the central yeah. as well, of course. I can look at fights between those guys and I can go, okay, these are pro boxers going at it. But if you give me fighter A and fighter B fighting in the Camden Centre, I'm just like you're playing at it. Until until you can cross that threshold, it's almost like you know when you get to 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 your A levels, right? Before that, no, you you you, you were just <laughs> no, Andy never did, <laughs> no. But basically, up until year eleven, you kind of treated more or less like everyone else below you, and then you get to a point where you're like, no, nah, okay, now I don't have to wear a uniform. You know, you can drive in, you can do all. You, you're just different. You're treated differently as well. And I think that's what winning an area title is like. It's like I've left this bit behind, and I'm now here. And then the, beyond that, it's more much of a match as you get to that world level and you're in a position to unify. Yeah, but I'm a big fan of any of the domestic titles. Um, you know, small hall shows, there's a lot of these challenge belts that go around. I get that for a fighter, you know, who's three, four, five fights into their career, it's just a little boost for selling tickets. You can say it's my first title fight. So look, I have more of a sympathy for that because flogging tickets is a hard sell, might have you, at that level um I'm sure Terry's probably got the other side of it that would say, and I get the other side of it that says, you know, these lads shouldn't be fighting for him or something. Uh, I'm going to wait for your uh, your review on it, Terry, but um I'm not a massive fan of the challenge belt side of things. No, look, when it comes to these sorts of belts, I'm about anything that tells me something about how capable you are. So you win a Southern Area title and you vacated. I'm okay with that because you got to a certain level. But now you've got to go and do something that justifies you vacating the belt. Someone very wise said to me once, belts are for dropping. And R- so Riddick you... bow <laughs> Into bins. <laughs> no, belts are for, are for vacating. In that you win it and then you want to be looking at what's the next title you can win. So yeah. you don't really want to be having like that many defences of a southern area title... What you want to do is win the Southern Area title, let it go, and look at the English title. It's like a look at someone like... An example of which is at the top of my head is like Linus. Linus Adofia. Big shout out to Linus. Big news coming soon for my bro. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, no, no, but, but if you remember, he fought... I remember when he fought Ashley Bailey Demets. And I thought, okay, this isn't for a belt, but I like the fact that he's getting in with the people in and around his kind... They're all held in the same esteem at that point. And he's getting in with those guys. It's not Latvians. It's not Lithuanians. It's him. Maybe it'd be Taylan Jones. But he, Linus is not afraid to mix it with his peers as he goes up. And that's what I want to see more of. Let's stop, you know, trying to re- let's not resurrect 40-year-old guys for people to beat up on. Why is they- Taylan Jones going out to Baku? Where the fuck's Baku? Azerbaijan? Yes. 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 He's going out to fight for a WBC youth title. The southern area, middleweight Sweet. champion. <laughs> yeah, it to be like Daniel Dubois. Hold the southern area and the WBCU. <laughs> hasn't he still got that? He's got both, hasn't I he? I think he has, yeah. But, like, that's such a weird one. I like Tay. He's a really nice bloke. A lot of time for Tay. <laughs> Yeah. You've got that Southern Area title. You're in a division where you've got the likes of Nick Jemman, who you've fought and lost to before. You've got the likes of Linus Jadofi. That'd be a cracking fight. Brad Paul's would be a cracking fight. And instead, you're going out... Felix Cash is the other name as well that had been uh, rumoured to be interested, which is odd for a matchroom fighter to be interested in those Southern Area titles. But I heard stories that Felix Cash might have been interested in fighting Tay. And instead, he's getting flown out by MTK to um, Baku. Odd one. Fair enough. I'm sure someone's made it worth his while. I would hope so. Yeah. I, I'd imagine there's a... Because the, the Azeris, I think that's how you describe them, are quite flush with cash. You know, from the amateur scene, they just throw money at their boxers. So I imagine just from a boxing perspective, there's finances behind them to, to say, listen, we will give you 40 grand to come and do this. Plus expenses. Uh, no, you know, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I it's would, something that crazy. I would.
0: Okay, moving forward. Uh, Ollie's Boxing Handle asks, Hayes seems to have lost a lot of momentum after the Bellew lost uh, loss and subsequent f- post-fight postponements. If he beats Bellew in the rematch, what are his realistic goals? He seems miles away from becoming a heavyweight champion, consider- considering that was his initial aim after whoa, coming back. Whoa,
1: whoa. He's not miles away. <laughs>
0: This has stoked no. the Chapandama fire.
1: No, one of the interesting things about David is I remember him and I spoke not that long ago, but long enough ago about, you know, the leg and doing all this sort of, sort of thing. And one of the things I remember him saying to me was, look, even on, even on one and a half legs, are you telling me I can't hit Anthony Joshua to the body? Are you telling me I can't hurt him to the body? You know, and and, and I'll, I'll, I was there, and I was thinking in my head because I, I like to listen to things with a healthy cynicism. And I just thought, if he gets through the bell, you fight, which is a that's the biggest if. I actually think the bigger challenge for him is actually getting to the bell, you fight, and getting through that, as opposed to fighting Joshua. I think the Joshua thing is a layer because he's so far away from being the favorite. There's nothing to lose there, but with this one, is that pressure. But let's say he does beat Bellew. Would I put him in with Joshua? I think yes. Joshua has the most to
0: earn out the most to get out of that, just yeah. because Hay's still a name.
1: Yeah. And but, but Hay's probably the only boxer, excepting Ortiz, who heard won't touch anyway. With the intelligence and the experience <clears throat> to be able to pose the right problems to Joshua? No. No, 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 but, no, no! Right, so uh, he's just, so washed. Yeah,
0: and well, uh, when you said on one and a half legs, <sighs> wasn't he fighting one and a half legs with <laughs> Tony Bell, nah, who it was, then it was, lost? It was zero point six two. I'm struggling with that part, but sorry, mine.
1: Th- this mental talk, madness. Is a name,
0: though to having your CV,
1: a, it would sell outside of Eddie Hearn. Yeah. David Hay is probably the best salesman in boxing in the UK, 100. You could envisage Wembley Stadium with David Haye walking down to the ring. Ain't no stopping us now. Hundred percent, I Except can envisage for that. heel. Hundred percent, I can envisage that. Do I want to see it? No. He is so yeah. washed up as a fighter. And look, good mm. luck to him taking this Bellu fight. But there is no way on God's earth that I want to see David Haye go in there, with Anthony Joshua, because if I'm watching it, I'm thinking: A, you're too small. B. I want to see this 10 years ago Yeah, I want to see Hay 10 years ago I don't want to see Hey now because all that stuff that I remember of him as a, a world class cruiserweight a legendary cruiserweight I don't want to like get rid of all those memories by watching him on one leg against Tony Bellew and then if he comes through it Somehow, I don't know, getting laid out at Wembley against Anthony Joshua. I, d- I don't want to see it. Happen. It would. 100% <laughs> it would happen. <laughs> that 1 will billion not percent. happen. 1 billion percent no. David Hay ends up like, no. just being stopped. Look at Joshua the chin. Fairly look, early on. Look at the chin against the hardest puncher. Yeah, A man who admittedly, he admitted himself punches harder than Tyson Fury. And he couldn't put David Hay down. What, Tony Bellew? Yeah. No, fuck. He is. He said it. Tony Bell, you said it. It's true. He punches hard <laughs> in the Tyson Fury. Uh, no, no, but on a serious note, like, when, when you look at someone who could pose problems to Joshua, it has to be someone who has in ring experience. And I think, like, when you put someone like Parker in there, Parker's just an athlete that can punch a bit, right? That's what Parker is. Parker's not a. Parker's not a seasoned guy. It's not like Parker spent five years.
0: Yeah, seasons with- had some fucking seasons under his belt. He'd be about 45 by the time he fights Joshua. That, How old is he
1: now? Honestly, right. this is like saying... Um, I, it's, who could beat Lewis Hamilton? Michael Schumacher. From his hospital bed. Because he's got that racing brain and he's probably the most Larry intelligent... He's, got, he's the most intelligent oh. racing driver. He's the most... Why can't I be horrible sometimes? No, but look, he's the most intelligent racing driver on the planet. He could beat Lewis Hamilton. Someone goes, wait, up! he's laid up in a hospital bed. He's fucked because he had that skiing accident. Yeah, but he's the most intelligent racing driver on the planet. Yeah. So this is an analogy. Uh, Hay's body is broken.
0: Yeah. Down. And he you know won't be able to use any skill it's he has. It, it won't completely broken. His body won't serve him enough to be able to use that skill. In any Two rounds way. is all
1: he needs. Do you know oh, what? Are, are we are we forgetting, right, that this Bell Hay rematch has been put back because yeah, of the yeah. fact that David Hay broke down again? He'll fight with one arm. It's fine. But you don't even believe that. <laughs> But yeah. honestly it seems like people are forgetting Like, nah, look, okay, David so I, Hay I, I, is so broken uh, he broke in front of all of our eyes he broke in a training camp in the build up to the rematch just to, no, p- pick, no, just to no. go
0: to come up one of, one of the things you did say I think I can come at this with a somewhat unique perspective in the sense that I wasn't into boxing uh, even to the degree I am now <laughs> back when Hay was a cruiserweight I don't have those memories and what I know of David Hay is kind of just Failure after failure,
1: personally. Well, that's, well,
0: that's, well. You, that's my experience you, you, of it. You
1: clearly didn't in read last... my summary of the first half of his career on on <laughs> You didn't read that. Had you done so, you wouldn't be talking the way you're talking. No, well, I'm you just, might But be I'm actually. just
0: saying, I'm coming at it with unique perspective in, this, no. in the sense that I picked up on David Hay at the Klitschko fight. Yeah, And after that, it's been kind of. That's, that seems to have been his peak, and then he's gone downhill ever since.
1: I say this with no disrespect to David Hay because I'm a big admirer of David Hay as a a salesman as a boxer etc i just that's why i don't want to see it that's why i don't want to see any more of him in the ring
0: but he would do it for the money and he would do it for because he believes he could what? win or look,
1: look for the money a few st- look, look, for the money a few stem cell injections some some prp treatment and tea tree oil no nah, you know look trip to sheffield yeah. it will be fine yeah um, no, yeah get get those stem cells in that achilles get the stem cells in all the other bits I mean, ha- have, have my leg's s- pregnant yeah. what fucking things did you inject in me yeah have six months to let everything settle down and you're probably good for another couple of years that, that's, that's where we are with modern medicine do you really think Ronaldo's doing bicycle kicks at 33 years old just crunching on cornflakes but he had a few years off and then came back and broke again yeah this yep. is yeah, you have a bit more time off you come back <laughs> and- okay well, okay so if Andy well, Joshua I would like
0: Hay to- was going to happen later this year who would you back to win fuck me no,
1: no, there's no, there's no weighing this up. I'll take the bet. <laughs> I'll take the bet with you now. Lay will your you own give, odds.
0: Will you give him odds
1: thirty to one? Make your own odds. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's like that Paddy Power. Like, give me a bet or whatever. Make your own bet up. Make your own odds up. I don't give a fuck. Do, do you know what? Like, I always go back to Roberto Duran, Iron Barkley, as and I, and I've said this. And so, so I'm not saying this will happen. But I always think the test of true greatness is that you can go failure after failure after failure after failure, but you will summon up one last performance that says, I'm great and you'll never do it again. Like, Duran had just basically got his ass kicked for years, right? Fights Iron Barkley, who was a monster puncher. Basically, it made mincemeat of Thomas Hearns. And everyone's like, Duran's going to get killed. Duran wins and drops Iron Barkley. Like, it's, it's, if you go and watch it, it's a great fight. It's a miracle of a performance. But, then you go back through history. Every great fight has done that. So, Ali did it. when we thought Ali was washed up. He won the title for the third time. If David Hayes truly great, and that's a big if, he will have one more performance in him that will define his career. And then we will never see that again. Where you you summon up, almost like the The last sprinkles, dregs, remnants of greatness. And you can just package it up on one night and everything aligns and you just show up.
0: Can you imagine if... AJ fought Wilder, won, and became undisputed. And then went to choose to def- fight Hay, and then Hay somehow won.
1: Became undisputed heavyweight <laughs> champion. Oh, my, it'd be unbearable. He'd be
0: on everything. He'd be on Coronation Street. He'd be on literally everything. <laughs> Just serving behind the bar with his belts like hung <laughs> up at <in> the back. <laughs> Ten on Sky News, and he's there. Well, to start with,
1: I won my belts three months ago. Like fuck off. He'd be presenting. <laughs> Cause, it, cause, 'cause it is cause it, cause it's one of those things where if you look at it's like relative strengths and weaknesses, David's not one to get hit with left hooks and Joshua loves a left hook and he loves a oh, jab, no. <laughs> and Hayes want to throw a right hand which Joshua Jesus doesn't like to receive Christ. look, it can happen <laughs> no embrace it, I'm not embracing it embrace it. I'm
0: saying. Hamilton hates turning left. So if Schumacher f- raced Hamilton on an Indy 500 circuit, Hamilton won't know what to do. Schumacher, would he loves
1: turning left. Oh, <sighs> abs- I'm trying to Wait, find- wait, wait, stop, stop. But Raikkonen did it, right? I'm trying to find analogies in my head that don't uh, insult- Raikkonen came people. back. Raikkonen came back. He'd been doing whatever for years, like just racing- He's fucking driving a go-kart. It doesn't count. Shit's full. Oh. It was all right when you were saying Hamilton and Schumacher, right? Uh, <laughs>
0: Well, to be fair, he was adding to the fact that it was so absurd. <laughs> like,
1: look, I, I, look. being honest, I don't, think, I don't think it's a fight that David would win. But I don't think it's a fight where you'd be like, nah, wouldn't win a single round, wouldn't stand a chance. I just think anyone with half a boxing brain against Joshua has a chance. I 100% give him the chance to win the opening three rounds. If he if he can somehow tape his body together enough to keep it going for three rounds, but that's a bit like saying Kelbrook won the opening six rounds against Errol Spence. You now knew I, what was coming. No, I think he'd stop him though. Like I, I think I think Hay knows in his heart if he ever fought Joshua, he's gonna have to stop him. There's no, it. A there's no, there's no twelve then. rounds.
0: How many rounds in a twelve? Tw- in in the fight, would you, twelve. Would you give Bellew to beat uh, to win against AJ if they fought? You just said Hay, you might win three. Would Bell, you win any fights against AJ? Any rounds? Any rounds?
1: I. I know. I know you don't like these sort of questions. <laughs> all 12 and he <laughs> knocks him out in the 12th.
0: Yeah. That sounds about there life. you go.
1: <laughs> it was going to be a 120-108 across all the cards. We okay. stopped him at 2 minutes <laughs> 59 of yeah. the third it's round. true. Jo- Joshua, Joshua everyone's says missing. Bell used the hardest punch in the heavyweights.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> um, said it. Jones Ever. Young Jones Nine uh, asks: Has the WB uh, World Boxing Super Series lost a bit of momentum because of injuries and delays?
1: Yes, I think it has. Yes, y- y- yes, and no. I think after the Groves Eubank thing, we needed a fallow period anyway because we'd had it. We'd all been amped up so much. I know as a, as as a trio, we can definitely say that that you almost need that period of. I just don't want to hear anything about it. Don't want to see anything about it. But I think we're getting itchy now. Going, we need some clarity on what's happening with it. And then I think once we get that clarity we can start the build up. But I from what I've gathered, they haven't done the second opinion on George yet, have they? I've not seen it. So it's it's, it's one it's the unknowing that's causing yeah. the problem. So we know one's definitely happening, don't we? So yeah. The They've got the date, happening. I think, for uh, it's, it's in June twelfth. Out in Abu Dhabi or somewhere like that, out in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, that's it. Um It's it's the not knowing because even when they announce it, if they announce tomorrow George Groves is fit then you're looking at, what, middle of June, maybe July? I think July. And then, you, you know, that's not going to be tomorrow. So you're looking at maybe by the end of April, if we're lucky, we get clarification about groves. You're stretching it then, not to go into August. And no one does anything in August, boxing-wise, because of holidays and things, so people don't turn up. Because <laughs> we've got the World Cup to consider as well. There's a lot of things that are going to be putting people off, putting anything out over the summer. So... <laughs> It almost—you almost wish they had a good enough backup plan to take George Groves out, out of that, and put somebody else in. But I think I think they know it has to be—it has to be someone of that Groves level. Yeah, and then you're looking around going, who? Who? Because Benavidez isn't known in Europe particularly, so you can't use him. Nope. James De now is going to be out. Equally as much as Groves is. Yep. And then Ramirez, <laughs> no one knows either. Yep. Um, so you're really struggling at that point. So now you're looking at small 175s that could come down. Yeah, or Billy Joe Saunders to go up. Or Golovkin to go up. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Because the thing is, I, keep, I my, my instincts tell me someone has to tell Golovkin he doesn't sell out May 5th. But he comes to the UK to fight in the super middleweight final in the World Boxing Super Series. And we'd all go, wow. That shuts the UK down. Like he he will sell out the O2. He'll probably sell out a reasonably sized stadium. Because we enjoy seeing great boxers in this country when they show up.
0: Um should we get on to the, some of the other reviews Lara heard?
1: Yes. Uh, he heard what? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh. That was pretty good. Anyway, um, <laughs> so 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 really 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 fascinating fight. So you have got Andy Lara, who who has been either the top or the second best light middleweight for at least the last five or six years. Um, pretty you know fr- frustrating guy, isn't he? Whereby he is. <laughs> well, I'm going for piss. So uh... <laughs>
0: we don't even try anymore, do we? <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 uh,
0: just no. talk to me as though I'm a casual who has All no right, idea Cash. who these two people so, are so, so
1: Sandy Lara Cuban boxer who defected to the US reasonable amateur pedigree you know as most Cubans tend to have very much a, a back foot fighter so he's not a guy to stand in the middle and exchange he, he works by you know working on the outside circling picking you off and eventually breaking you down and then that's when he normally seeks to take over. But Lara's about five foot nine. Now Jared Hurd's a completely different animal. Jared Hurd is a six foot one light middleweight, and so for all the guys who listen, that's almost Paul Williams type territory. Now Paul Williams is famous for the double. Well, it wasn't even a double knockout, but the double attempted knockout against Sergio Martinez. Uh, if you ever want to see a hellacious knockout, the way Martinez knocks him out, pff, unbelievable but so when we saw Paul Williams at 154 we thought that was freaky even someone like Thomas Hearns who I still think Hearns's peak years were 154 was six foot two so you're looking at a man like Jared Hurd who's six foot one and he weighs in at 153 pounds at the weigh-in and they're estimating he was in there at about 172 173 pounds on fight night Against against Lara, who essentially Lara comes in. Seemless. Lara comes in probably 162 pounds. There's easily a stone and a half between these men. And you to see that honestly, if anyone can go and watch the fight this evening, don't watch the whole fight. Just look at the size difference between Jared Heard and Erislandy Lara. It's huge. You can see it at the way in when they stood yeah. opposite one another. And all Heard he Heard knew his tactics were simple. I'm just gonna walk him down and bully him. And what happened over time was you know Lara got away with his movement for the first half of the fight and then into the second half of the fight Heard's size just wore him down until by the 12th you know he's got dropped uh and Lara done well let's not say Lara was completely whitewashed in this it was a reasonably close fight it's a split decision win for Jared Heard, which tells you the knockdown played a an important role but when you watch someone like Heard. And now he's calling out Kel Brook. You worry for Kel because Kel's five foot nine. And no matter how big Kel says he is, Jared Hurd is a big man. Like he, he should be a light heavyweight or a super middleweight. And he's managing to find a way to boil down to 154 pounds. And it brought back the whole question of what are the ethics of making weight? And what are the ethics of you know coming into the ring on fight night, you know, two weight classes above what you weighed in at? But the truth is, if you can if you can play the system that way, so be it. And it was interesting. I think I think just that whole period was fascinating because you had Jamel Charlo sat there with Errol Spence, and I know Jamel Charlo would like a a go at Jared Hood. It's, the Charlos are another example of men who are quite big for their weight. But overall. I can see Andy's just, you know, he's got his casual face on. But I think, I think to simplify it, it it's a good fight to watch if you if you like that sort of intelligent side of boxing. Like, it, there, there are a lot of nuances in that fight that made it really good to watch. Um, there's a lot of interesting action, a lot of heavy shots going in. So both men put it all on the line last night. Really good fight. It means that Heard now has the IBF, the IBO, and the WBA belts. And that leaves the WBO which Smith will fight Saddam Ali for. And it also leaves the WBC belt, I think, that Jamal Charlo has. So it'll be interesting to see just how that division starts to shake itself um, up. Well,
0: Daniel Saint asks, after being called out by Charlo and Heard and possible and a possible Spence rematch, which one breaks Brooks's face again for
1: her? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think all of them, because they can all punch. So as you understand, Jamel Charlo and and errol spence both trained in the same camp they're both under Derek james so the intelligence on Kell Brook is already there there's no issue with that and you know i mean you get to spiral spence every day so so both men are both men are ready for that fight um there was an interesting confrontation actually between Brooke and errol spence there was and Br- brooke saying i want to fight you 154 <laughs> And he's giving all these reasons. Ah, oh, you know, I struggle to make the weight and so forth. And then he was trying to explain to, to Errol Spence how big he was. And then Spence was like, well, actually, I'm bigger than you right now. So why are you saying you struggle to make weight? I can still make weight. And then, and then, and then so, so Errol Spence was obviously seeing that Kel, maybe he's coked up, maybe he's pissed up. <laughs> Don't know. Maybe both. Yeah. But, but so, so Errol Spence goes, listen, go and get yourself a title. I'm more than happy to come to Sheffield to take that off your hands, man. You get stepped on again, like, like you did last time. And Kel keeps talking, he goes, look, you talked all that chocolate brownie stuff. It didn't happen. You know what happened. You quit. That's what he said to me, you quit. And then Brooke tried to say, oh, uh, I was winning the fight. And he's like, but you didn't win the... It was, it's a great exchange because you see how Brooke loses his cool and Spence doesn't. Spence is just like, get a title. And then Brooke says, why do I need a title? Spencer was like, well, what makes it worth my while? I've already beaten you. You have nothing for me. So Spencer's just humiliating a guy that he beat relatively easily. Publicly actually. being filmed again. Yeah. Well, I I I wish there'd been a camera in Tenerife.
0: Um okay, J. Rock Williams versus Nathaniel Gallimore.
1: Gallimore. Um, I can read my writing. <laughs> this one it's probably one of those fights that I just enjoyed. Like, I, this is one of those you really have to love your your nuanced boxing. Yeah, it a
0: nil was it the equivalent of a nil nil between Mansfield and Tranmere, and you've got to pick. No, apart no, one no, 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 no. no. So,
1: so it's a it's a it's a slugfest by all means. Oh, like, right. There are a lot of punches are going, but it, it all happens pretty much in a phone booth. So you're not seeing the you know there's no space. Like these guys are having to to battle for space on the inside, you're letting uppercuts and hooks go. So it's all very, it's just inside fighting. If you enjoy your Philly-style boxing, just two tough men going at it until Gallimore's gas tank emptied. And then J-Rock just sort of put the foot on the accelerator. But, you know, the the intricacies of that, I think, I think most people will turn off at this point. So I think it's probably nice enough to say, a good win for J-Rock, Puts him probably within that title picture. I don't know who he fights next because all the guys with belts at the moment would give him trouble in different ways. Uh, I think if Liam Smith won a belt, then I'd be going after Liam Smith, to be honest. But yeah, good luck to J-Rock. Probably needs a few more fights just to get his confidence back. But the other interesting thing actually was because it was a Mayweather card last night that had Floyd on. Who had one of the best red hats I've seen in a long time? I mean, time. best is a stretch. No, no, no. That that his outfit yesterday was impressive. Like I looked and I went, maybe I've been buying the wrong things for did years. Say
0: make America great again.
1: Is it one of those red hats? It could be. It was. <laughs> he definitely made Vegas great. But Mayweather did what he normally does when he promotes his show. He made it about himself, and and so they asked him the question. They said are you really going to go into MMA? And he kept trying to skirt around the issue. Yeah, for ages. He's talking around. And then he lets us in. He goes, so when I step in the octagon, (laughs) it better be for the right money. And and so now now everyone's picked up on that. And that's the buzz now. So he's not going to box again. He's made that absolutely clear. But he has the itch to do the MMA thing. And, you know, some, some egos just can't be massaged. Some egos just can't ever be satisfied. So... We'll see what he does. But he did make an interesting boxing-related statement where he said, if Javante Davis wins on April 21st, so that's the Adrian Broner versus Vargas card, he fights Lomachenko next. Which I thought was crazy when he first said it, but then I realized, if you're going to hand your fighter his first loss, (laughs) you may as well make it to Lomachenko, much in the same way that Canelo took the Mayweather fight, probably before his time, but it hasn't harmed his legacy at all. He gets credit for actually taking the fight that others probably wouldn't have. So we'll see what happens. But that Mayweather stable's looking pretty strong. And I think, you know, where we talk about the quality of card in the UK, what I loved about that card was, how many fights were their tops? Six or seven? It was six or seven fights. The top three fights all meant something. So Hurd versus Gallimore, not Hurd, sorry, J-Rock Williams versus Gallimore, put you in position to fight for a world title. DeGayle versus Trex is for a world title. Heard versus Lara is a unification. That's how you build a card. If, if Eddie Hearn ever gave us that and said it was pay-per-view, we'd nod our heads in But if he gave us three relevant fights, I don't care about the rest. I don't care about seeing yeah. Olympians build up. Just give us three relevant fights? Perfectly fine. And it goes to show, doesn't it, how... How thick we are as UK fans.
0: Well, Ashley, you say that and, and just on that, Babs asks, how many people will fall for the AJ has to fight Povetkin next because he's mandatory excuse when Hearn delays the Wilder fight?
1: We said this. We've said this on the podcast already. We we told you the list of people that AJ would fight before he fought Wilder. If you go on the website, the piece is there in, in white and black if the if the wilder superior fought, black nah, no nah, this was this was kind of just moderate just moderately, just moderately, moderately brilliantly black yeah heavily dark charcoal <laughs> but, but we look if wilder doesn't fight joshua this year it can't happen next year because aj can only fight twice physically um from what i'm hearing out of sheffield the camps take a lot out of aj you know However, we however we say he gets to the point where he can fight is how you know there are debates around that. Fine, but the fact is the load on his body means he can't do three camps a year, and that's why you see him now pointing at waiters with the Eiffel Tower in the background. You see him at Euro Disney. Just I mean, he needs all of that because those camps are so hard on him. So he's not going to fight in the summer. You can be absolutely clear about that. That leaves quarter four this year for him to get a fight in. If they're saying that Povetkin has to... The fight has to happen in 150 days, that takes us to September. So he's not going to fight after has that. The, has
0: this... Um, all all of, of the talk about Wilder and then putting things... Is it all been more
1: posturing of empty... Yeah. Empty... Well... Threats well, or well, empty look, gestures? Uh, we know... We, look, we all know roughly the terms that need to be agreed. Purse splits is one of them. And... And there's some intricacies to purse splits because you don't necessarily want your fighter to get all the money in his purse because you get a 20% withholding tax on that. So it's not lucrative enough. So a lot of the guys who come abroad, you try and do it as a co-promotion. So some of it's a fighter's purse to keep the tax man happy and to make it look realistic. And I think this was the case with Klitschko. So when people talk about, oh, Vladimir didn't get as much as AJ, well, be sure he made more money than AJ. The rest of it just went to K2. So you take that out as foreign profit and that has a different tax treatment, a more favorable tax treatment, which is why the Klitschko purse would have looked a lot smaller. So it's sorting out those intricacies. If they made progress on that sort of stuff, I'd believe the fight was happening. All of this, whether it happens in the UK or Vegas, is irrelevant. Like, you know, they'll go where the money is. But it's about making sure those splits happen because that will tell you the egos have been left at the door.
0: Um. Salon's face asked, can we get a view on the IFL Ted Bammy video? Personally, thought it was f- as flimsy as drinking a rich tea and. In- it was dunking- embarrassing. Sorry, as du- flimsy as dunking a rich tea in a hot brew for there two There will be some
1: not. that don't know what this is in reference to. Uh, me included. Isaac Chamberlain came out uh, with an IFL interview, and uh, Fight Talk also did a piece on him. About money going missing, £10,000 going missing from his fight purse with Lawrence Cicoli. Um, Saying that Ted Bammy, who, if you remember when we had Isaac on the podcast, Ted Bammy is his uncle, but also his manager, I'm going to say, although he's working with MTK. So I'm not quite sure 100% you'd say is his manager. Might be, might not. Um. So essentially, there's a, a long strung out argument around Isaac Chamberlain says £10,000 went missing. So Ted Bami came out and gave his response. Sorry, Terry, that was just to uh, to colour it in a bit. Um, and in Ted's response, he doesn't actually address the 10 grand. No. Because because what Isaac said was, i got my purse. But the amount agreed for me to fight wasn't what my purse was. There's a gap. We're trying to work out what that gap was. What Ted Bami's saying is Isaac got his purse. Now... There are various terms used to describe some behaviours in boxing. I think one of them is called skimming. (laughs) And people have been known to do this in boxing. And it still happens now. I manage Andy White. Martin says he wants... Unlucky, mate. Yeah. Martin says he wants Andy White to fight on the Hey Bell, you undercard. Tells me he's got a hundred grand set aside for an opponent for that. Oh, wow. You're getting smashed to pieces, <laughs> bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you tell so, me I'm only making 50 quid. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. No, so I've said to you, listen, I reckon we can get 50 grand for this fight. You're happy with 50 grand. I then go in and talk. Martin's like, 100 grand. I'm like, woo. So now I go, Andy's got his 50 grand. There's 50 grand floating around here. So I say, look, do me a favor, do the paperwork up for 50K. Here's a 50k consultancy fee that I'm going to invoice you for. That's your budget taken care of. We might not even be 50. He might even say, "Yo, give me a 30k." You've got 20. You've 20 grand as a saving, mate. That's a win for you. Now I go and tell you, Andy. They said they'll do it for 50 grand. You're like happy days, right? But I've <clears throat> got this money on the side in, in my back. So pocket. Where, where this scenario uh, falls with Chamberlain and Bammy is that Chamberlain um, says that he got paid X amount. And then when he's away, his mum finds out that there was far more that goes into it. So I don't know how. I'm not really sure of the, the who, what and why. But the transfers, they showed records of money going. No, no, but the- how his mum found out. She no. went. Uh, yeah, but there must have been an inkling at some point that something wasn't right. So Ted Bammy has always, by the sounds of it, taken the money. So, um, sorry, <laughs> taken the money. Let me rephrase that has been paid the money by Matchroom, and so he takes out his manager's fee, his coach's fee, and then he pays the rest off. So it's not to say that Isaac should ever get 100% of what Matchroom pay him, because he shouldn't. No fighter should. Because if Matchroom pay you, Andy, 50 grand, you've then got to pay immediately 10% to your manager, 15% to your promoter, 10% to your trainer. Um, Now, in this scenario, Ted was both, I think, manager and trainer. So that's 20%. So if we're saying 50 grand, so immediately 10% of that goes as um, coach and then 15% goes as manager. So what it is, is that it seems like there's more has been taken off and there's this 10 grand that's gone missing somewhere. So I think what it was, was there were previous fights where people suspected the money wasn't right. So when the money came in this time and it was like, Isaac, here's your money. It's a bigger scale of money now as well. Yeah, I think someone said, let's check this is the right amount because this wasn't what was being discussed in the wider world. So then good questions got asked. I think, I I don't know who who did it first, whether it was Isaac or his mum, but there was a matchman who said, look, show us the remittance from the matchman bank account to the Ted Bami bank account. And that number was different to the number Isaac had been told. That was Isaac had apparently rung up Anthony Lever in match room. Shout or, out to Anthony Lever. Or maybe not Anthony, maybe Frank Smith or someone. Screw Anthony but... Lever. Love Frank Smith. <laughs> one of the Matchroom boards. Um, yeah. And the, the values didn't add up. Look, I'm fucking fed up of all this, to be honest. Like, it's scummy behaviour if it happened. <sighs> the only way to settle this is, and it's a fairly simple one. Look somebody post online what the remittance is and then post up online just a line from your bank statement say what went in now isaac can do that and say you know <laughs> this is what i this is what the matchroom money in was and this is what the money to my account was and then we can all make our own judgments on it but at the moment we're, it... we're all arguing and we're all we're all criticizing ted bammy for something that we don't know the facts and the details of don't get me wrong I'm fairly convinced that he's in the wrong here because there's also other stories about Chris Congo and issues that Chris Congo's had. Everything yeah. points at Ted Bammy being a scumbag out of it. But I feel like we're judging it without having access to everything. And the only people who have access to everything are Isaac and Ted. So look, someone, whoever's got access to everything, just post it online. But isn't the problem that this is going before the board? So I don't know so- if it is or not. So the latest I heard is, it is. Okay. Because because what they've said is, Ted's not releasing Isaac. So you've got to go to the board and say, listen, you've got to release him from his contract. Yeah, yeah. Why? What do they call it? Like profiting from abuse of office. It's actually a criminal offence. So you can use that as a ground to go, right, you know the guy's broken the law. And then you go, right, Ted, here's the option. We prosecute on the basis of this. Or you just relinquish and you take your board punishment. Because that that's where it needs to go to. And then I don't know what happens with with Chris, with Richie, and other guys. Because like in the Congolese community, you know, it's quite a close knit community in London. People congregated towards Ted Bambi because they thought here's the guy who will look after you. He's been shafted by the sport before. Like, I don't know Ted super well, but Ted's an ex Fitzroy Lodge guy. So that we 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 have mutual connections. And the the general feeling is I wouldn't be surprised if he did do it. And I think that's where we are at the moment. But instead of, and, and Martin's right, instead of all of this back and forth, just put the killer blows out in the public domain if they exist. Absolutely. Or if you're not going to work with Ted, just say, listen, I'm not working with Ted anymore. This is all official. Because it might actually make people's careers easier because he, he there were rumors in the sport that he's notoriously difficult to deal with. So people might find it easier. To deal with someone else for those talents. And rest assured, he he does oversee a lot of talent. Let's not, let's not, you know, let's not mince our words about that. But we also have to look at the reality, which is if you're shafting people over those, those low levels of income, better we find out now. But not only that, let's start finding that out from everyone. And I I, and I know people talk about we shouldn't publicize purses. But here's one solid argument for publicizing purses. Because what it does is it takes all the bullshit out of the sport. Yeah? Because we can go actually, look, you made a million pounds for a fight. How much of that money do you actually get to keep? And then we can find out the truth. And young boxers coming up can find out what boxers actually earn. 100%. Because we know this, right? Where there's an asymmetry of information, the person who has more information has an exponentially large advantage. And we need to reduce that advantage somehow. So I don't think it's a gossip thing. It is just literally, the more information there is about purses, the easier life is. It makes life harder for scumbags.
0: Russ asks about 400 questions. But, Russ, I'm asking one. But I like this question, (laughs) just as it happens. The Joshua speech at the end of the fight uh, against Parker about people being of all creeds together through sport was the same thing Ali said after he beat Foreman. I'll rely on your superior knowledge there Terry. Um, Do the podcast lads believe that this is a manufactured version of Joshua trying to be Ali? Do they think this manufactured version is cringeworthy? Yes, for me and that's, for me, it's always been a part of his agenda to be seen as something bigger than himself and i will borrow from what terry has said in the podcast before about ali being bigger than boxing at the time it was he was coming through a, a, a period of massive political turmoil and upheaval um for the civil rights movement in america and and he was seen, and again, I'm borrowing from Terry here, but he was seen as someone who um, epitomized a strength that people needed in in a time of, of great struggle back then. I don't see how AJ, no matter what spiel he comes out with at any period of time, he has not come from... Um, a, a, a place like that, he can't embody the same kind of hope that someone as great as Ali came, because there is not the there is not the world surrounding him. There's not the struggle that he's had to go through. The same that's comparable in order for him to embody such um, so, a great man. So, but so, I'll, I'll yeah, it's best at this point for me to pass on to Terry because he certainly speaks of a great more experience than me in this subject.
1: So so let's let's go through Ali's career. Uh, there's a lot of mythology that layers Muhammad Ali's career. So he wins the Olympics in 1960, comes back to the United States, and there's a rumor that he threw his medal into the river when they wouldn't serve him in a diner because he was black. Not true. He just lost his medal is the actual answer. But he did have to come back to a country where he didn't have civil rights. And so he, much like Joshua, when he first started out, was told to be a certain way. Um, I think was it was the Cloverleaf, the Louisiana-based group that basically financed his early career. It wasn't until he won the world title that Muhammad Ali started to morph into the Muhammad Ali that we know. But he was disliked massively in the United States. He was, he, in a lot of ways, maybe he was like Joshua because people disliked him. They wanted him to lose. And when he didn't lose, they got increasingly frustrated which takes you through to 1967 when he refused to enlist for the United States Army to go to Vietnam, where they had deliberately lowered the, the IQ threshold for him to participate. I think it was, it was something like 85 or something. And Muhammad Ali scored like 80. And they just lowered it and said, no, we need to get him in somehow. And he was like, well, number one, you're lowering this. Number two, I don't want to go to war. And it was at that point where he became the darling of the liberals because he was part of the anti-war movement, essentially, wasn't he? I don't know the answer. Why did they want him? Because he was such a good athlete. Like he'll be a good soldier. <laughs> no, no, no. It was much like Joe what was Lewis. Was it to make a point of like? It was much like Joe Lewis in ninth 19- in the in the Second World War. Good for morale. So you have Muhammad Ali okay, going from sense. base. They, they they said to Ali, "Look, you're not even going to fight. We just want you. You can go from base to base, have a few exhibition bouts with our army boxers, raise morale, that sort of thing. You know, just like a yeah, like yeah. like Joe Lewis was. Yeah, ra- like you said, man. Morale. The page free girls, to keep yeah, the uh, the troops happy. Yeah. So so they and they they tried everything. Like it wasn't a binary process. It went over a period of months, and then eventually they were just like, look, if you're not going to join. Then you're gonna have to, you're gonna get prosecuted, which he was, and he lost his livelihood, and a lot of his money got burnt up in that process. So the Ali that even in 1971, they were talking about the draft dodger, and they wanted Frazier to win because Joe Frazier was the guy that represented America, where he was like, Look, I'm American through and through. If I have to go and do something, I'll go and do it. And it was probably after, if we're being honest, it was probably after the Thrill in Manila, and you know, once you've had you know, you've had Ali on Parkinson, and you've had all of these sorts of things, that the Muhammad Ali we know, who was bigger than boxing, became a thing. Yeah. So, that's what, 12 13 years after his debut. Why the hell is Joshua trying to do that now? All Anthony Joshua has to do. Now, I genuinely believe Joshua has a social conscience. I've spent time with people who know him well and they say, no, nah, there's things that he really cares about that he's probably just not allowed to say. So I do think some of the stuff you see, like it's weird. His Twitter and his Instagram are really lame and very unimpressive. It's when he gets hold of his Snapchat and all of a sudden you see the real AJ come out. And you can see that and I don't think he's putting it on. I think there are things that interest him in the political sphere. But we're not seeing that. Like, all these speeches he makes, I think they're just there for the brand. They're there well, just to... What to,
0: strife does he have to overcome comparable to Ali, though? Like, I'm not... I don't want to sort of... Being humble. I don't want to... It's hard to do
1: that 24 like, I
0: don't know where somebody comes from, right? I don't know the ins and outs of Annie Joshua's upbringing. But just from the outside perspective, when you're... When you've got... Like the civil rights movement, and you've got like the Vietnamese war and the government trying to draft you and stuff like that. The anti Joshua's any struggle that he's had hasn't come close to that.
1: Well, well so wait, to no, know, no. wait, wait, wait. He had, to, he, had admitted- push, he had to push a lot of weed around. Now, admittedly, those streets, he yeah.
0: hasn't sat there and gone, I want to be like Ali, but for him to sort of uh, keep making these overly complicated. Um, like speeches, and the one I always go back to—that ridiculous, nonsensical unity speech that he made—and that U N I T Y. Oh, it's just such a load of rubbish. Look- that infuriates me because I'm, we're not looking to... All right, may, maybe it's because of who I am and the upbringing I've had. But I'm not, that's what not what I want to see from him. I want to see someone who's a good role model and someone who takes the sport seriously and puts on a good show. I don't I don't need him for anything else. What well, does he yeah, offer? Yeah,
1: but here's the thing with Anthony Joshua. Let's not forget, he's a guy who... And I know Martin made reference to The Weed. If you look at the statistics, that's what Anthony Joshua should be doing in Watford right now. Selling ounces and nine bars of weed to 15-year-olds and wanting his money back. And people being scared when they see Anthony Joshua driving around in maybe an S-Class Merc, maybe a G63. That's really what Joshua should have been if you believe the statistics. He's confounded that. Whether that gives you a different perspective on society, I don't know. Whether joshua just basically being a commercial billboard gives him a different perspective whether this is him saying do you know what i'm more than just a lucas aid man i'm more than just a lynx man i don't know i hope there's something in him that says i'm more than this project that people are putting me through but i understand this is the only way that i can build my legacy and maybe he's battling with those inherent tensions within his own identity. i suspect if you could cut him open and find out his inner thoughts he must be in turmoil to be fair, because he's a bloke from the streets, a bloke who, um, you know, didn't have a rough upbringing, I don't think, but was in dodgy crowds. You saw the sofa, mate. That, that, that looked like he'd have seen some, <laughs> some, some wars. You know, he was in with some um, non-favorable crowds, perhaps, and he comes from that background. Um, and then to be put, thrust into this commercial environment that he's in, where he is the walking billboard. He's expected to say the right things and do the right things all the time whilst he still has to stay true to who he is, I actually feel for him a little bit that like he he presumably wants to just be Anthony Joshua. He doesn't get that opportunity because if he did, he wouldn't be getting all the money he gets. So don't get me wrong. I don't feel that sorry for him because he's getting paid millions upon millions. But there must come a point where he's just going to cut that tie and say, nah, it's going to be me.
0: Well, if that is the case, not being you, I mean, I have a lot more sympathy, let's just say, for him appearing in whatever a land rover commercial or stuff like that not being yourself for commercial reasons i have a lot more sympathy for that than what is clearly not him giving off these annoying speeches to make himself feel like he's almost like he wants to he wants the credit of being or he wants to be accredited with again, something think about than what that
1: does like i always use my parents as a good benchmark my mum will see that speech and go, "Well, isn't he a nice bloke?" Whereas she'll see Tyson Fury and she knows Tyson Fury for his speeches or his interviews where <laughs> he's criticised gays or homophobia. Yeah. So, like, my mum will think of Anthony Joshua as the guy that, okay, maybe a little bit nonsensical, may not have made the most sense in the world, but at least it wasn't criticising, you know, homosexuality.
0: Yeah. I, I I guess you, if you look at it from a from that perspective yeah it just frustrates me it just frustrates me that he can't just be a boxer but then it's it, the world is changing so but isn't rapidly. that what they said is,
1: isn't that what they said about ali why why can't you just stick to boxing cassius why you gotta call yourself muhammad ali and all but, this sort of stuff if we equate
0: if if, if 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 somebody said to you that anthony joshua and muhammad ali on the same plane you you, no. w- you wouldn't see that would no you?
1: no no and i don't believe they are but if someone said to me Anthony Joshua of two thousand and eighteen is on the same plane as Muhammad Ali of nineteen sixty three, you might get me more on that page. Do you see what I mean?
0: But well, so so that he could achieve that in time?
1: Maybe. He he he's got the platform to do it. Is it really in him to do it is the question I'd be asking.
0: He just doesn't seem to have the natural charisma. He seems I don't know. Uh, It's just my opinion, but it just seems like Ali was a a larger-than-life character. Andy Joshua seems as sort of one-dimensional as they come.
1: Well, I'd like to, you know, I just, I'd like to see Joshua with the leash off. That's what I'd love to see. You know, you know what? You'd almost love to see Joshua in here on a Saturday night when we're watching Hey Bell. You get get him a crate of aspal cider, and just. Just let him talk. Yeah, but yeah.
0: being gobby doesn't make you enlightened. I know. I don't it?
1: mean gobby, but let him talk. What 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 goes on in your head, AJ? Do you know when? Do you know sometimes you do that? Like you're at work with someone, right? And they're a real dick, aren't they? At work, they're a real dick. Andrew, do this. Andrew, do that. You're like, I want to fucking rip your head off. And then you have a beer with them, and they'll tell you. They go, look, mate, right? I hate coming into work every day. The only way I can cope is by just getting through. And just being really mechanical about it, because I spent half my time thinking about shagging birds and just getting brasses round. And then you're like, okay, yeah, you're a completely different person outside of work. And but it, the look, the constraints you're in often dictate the outputs, don't they? So I'd like, I'd like to see Joshua off the leash. You know, can we put him in like I'm a celebrity because he couldn't, he couldn't be corporate.
0: <laughs> now, I, I, again, I have to concede that. This this Ali comparison is being thrust upon him from the question. It wasn't something he yeah. said. So, uh, so uh, but it, he also
1: be- doesn't shy away from it. Remember back to those photos, the black and white photos that he put side by side of him and Ali that he then deleted off Twitter fairly quickly. What well, when when Ali died and he had him, it was him with yep. the sunglasses on. Yeah. So well, he he also doesn't shy away from it necessarily. I, I
0: it just it just strikes me as like. Um, from the from what you see, and I admitted I didn't know. I don't know either, and didn't know either, man. But you you look at Ali, and he just seemed to have an awareness, an idea, and an enlightenment which was above the normal sort of interest of most people. But, whereas Anthony you know, no, no, Joshua but, but, doesn't seem but, that but way. But
1: we're looking at Ali without the bullshit, if you see what I mean. So we're looking, we get that helicopter view of Muhammad Ali's life now. We we don't have a helicopter view of AJ. So in life, retrospect, we're, yeah, we're in our, we're in the Joshua era.
0: Yeah, all right, yeah.
1: Maybe when, maybe when you have kids and they look back and they go, you know that Anthony Joshua? Really inspirational character. And we'll be really confused by it. In the same way that if you'd asked most experienced boxing journalists in the 70s, is Ali the greatest boxer of all time? They'd have told you you were crazy. Joe Lewis was. Just like if you ask most boxing journalists now, is Mayweather the greatest boxer of all time? You're absolutely crazy. Muhammad Ali is. It's all fluid.
0: Okay, some quick Great. fire questions then. Tom, not a last Where Do you see Tony Yoka fitting to the heavyweight set-up, possible future champion?
1: How was he fighting at the weekend? He's missed his drugs test. I thought he was suffering from a ban. So apparently it's a suspended ban. Oh, right. Suspended for what? Suspended suspension. <laughs> Until he gets caught? <laughs> I think so. Oh, I'm so angry at you. You've got a suspension. No, no,
0: wait, that, a double suspension. Well, doesn't mean that the suspension's been suspended. Oh shit! But, 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 You've got a loophole there, mate. <laughs> but, no, 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 but,
1: but being brutally honest, for all the shit we give AJ, Yoke is getting it more in France, and it seems that the French are just more creative in their abuse. So he he fought he fought a guy who I think was like French champion. He's definitely fought for the French heavyweight title a few times. He's not as good as the guy that Dave Allen beat. I can't remember who that was. Dave Dave will tell us. Well, he'll tell you, Martin. <laughs> My boy. So so basically, he, Yoka hits him right with a punch that I don't believe for one second hit him on the chin. Right, this guy just falls over. He falls backwards. He fell in a way that just didn't make any sense. Yeah, I thought that. And Yoka walked off as if he was just. He wasn't happy about it. He was anticipating it. Yeah, in the way that he almost knew he would fall over. He's all right, right. Fall over now. We're all happy. And then cue the French abuse. Oh, we had to dig this guy the caravan to fight Yoka, and then it was. This guy's an Olympic gold medalist. Like, how the hell's he fighting this farmer? There's all of that stuff going through, like French Twitter, and it was absolutely brilliant. Because, Where'd you find that? Do you know what? You've got to, you've got to, you got to start with like the Canal Plu, okay? Because they have like a boxing Twitter handle, and when you go from there, so the equivalent of the Sky Sports, one. yes. So they put the video up, and then you just follow the thread of comments, and it was just, it was horrible. You even had when they're going, he's a really good-looking guy, but. I don't think he's as good as the English guy and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but, but when you see Yoka sat down, he's huge. I think Yoka might be taller than AJ. And really? Huge. He was just sat there, right? He's got this really small head and this massive body and he just sits there. It's not cut up like AJ's is, but he's just huge. He's that sort of guy. You know, there's, there's those people, I think we said it when he won the Olympic gold. Yoka just looks like a superhero that's what he looks like he looks like a superhero he looks like a guy where i would just be like you know what mate just be heavyweight champion don't fight anyone have all the belts (laughs) but where he fits into the heavyweight picture it's it's too it's too soon like i think they're building him slowly i was watching the fight and there was some there was some definite ward elements you know andy wants me to hurry up but i can't hurry up at this point well, I not that was sign language that you're not supposed to then tell everyone about? Andy <laughs> twisted his hands in the air to
0: indicate hurrying up.
1: Now, uh, I'm, 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 I'm grassing today. All
0: we've done tonight is go down rabbit holes. No, so no, no,
1: but wanna... no, no, but this is quite interesting, I think. So with Joker, he's got, he's got a lot of the Virgil Hunter traits coming through, but you can see he's still learning those. So I think he needs to get to a point where He's doing what Virgil needs him to do. So, so you know how War's very probing with the jab. He's not necessarily looking to just wipe you out. And it's almost like they're preparing Yoka for harder fights ahead. But he's just refining his style against quite soft opposition. So I think let's not judge him now. Let's judge him in a year and a half. Hopefully by then there's a European title around his waist and he's making noise.
0: Uh, Michael T asks: Is Heard a winnable fight for Kelbrook in the future?
1: Hell fucking no.
0: And then it says: Heard isn't special, but he fought Jojo Dan. Uh, and beat him in six rounds. Kel did three rounds, I think.
1: Blah, 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 nah, k- nah, blah, ke- blah, blah, blah. blah. Kel, wasn't the- <laughs> Kel, Kel, not Kel was a veteran. Kel, Kel was experienced. Kel was an established... I mean, Kel has been in the game a long time. Hurd hasn't. Hurd's only had 20 fights, I think, or 21 fights. So you're not comparing like with like. Listen, Hurd will obliterate Kelbrook I see obliterate him, knock his head clean off his shoulders. Sorry, Mike,
0: I didn't mean any disrespect with your question. It wasn't you. That was just this. I, I need to get past We that. were
1: the one hour 40.
0: We are. So, yeah, I apologize. Please. Uh,
1: I think they'll know from listening. Detract
0: right? from sending in questions for that.
1: Blah, 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 These blah. are the kind of questions I like. Will,
0: what do you think Uback Jr. is up to? I mean, two is spelt wrong, but I mean... Whatever. And there's, no, oh, question, oh, and there's oh, no, no question mark. Not this
1: rabbit hole. Yeah, not the grammar rabbit hole.
0: Sorry. Yeah, I said I wouldn't do that again. Um, Anyway, what do you think Eubanks Jr.
1: is up to? Well, he's bought a house, which is good. Congratulations. He's driving his Bentley Mansouri GT race, which, you know, Martin doesn't quite like the interior, but I do. So it's easy. I imagine Eubank's just enjoying his wealth at the moment, chilling, recovering and expecting him in a big money fight because that's the Eubank model now. I don't think they're chasing belts. I don't think they're chasing. They're just chasing big money fights. Yep. And this might be the new way that boxing goes where you're just like, I want famous boxer here to fight famous boxer there. And I'll pay to watch that but get all these titles. It'd be the kind of blo- it wouldn't surprise me if he in some way started pairing up with the YouTube boxes that we see. That would be the perfect business model for Eubank is just to take boxing and go slightly left field with it. So have an undercard that is a couple of these lads off YouTube that sell out like the M E N or whatever it is. Um, but then, you know, scale that up somewhat. So you come out of the arena and you go into the small stadium. He would be a stadium. natural
0: exhibition boxer. He would. Yeah.
1: And so, like, you know, get a a reasonable fight for him and just stack the undercard with YouTube people. He would be the perfect fit. If he came out with that in six months' time, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever.
0: Uh, Ryan Smith asks, Miles Shinken was incensed by refs allowing five rabbit punches, which he says caused the stoppage. Incompetent refereeing? With an appeal at the board this week about the fight being stopped due to illegal blows, what is the view of the panel?
1: Um, Right, so again, I don't know if people have seen this or not, but it was Liam Conroy versus Miles Shinquin. Miles Shinquin took to the back of the head five, six, seven, maybe eight rabbit punches, just bash, 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 whilst the referee didn't do anything about it. Now, before that, he took a legitimate punch off Liam Conroy, so it's not to take away from what Liam Conroy done, Um, but there were undoubtedly minimum five, maximum eight rabbit punches, which are illegal. Um, but the referee was stood next to them and didn't like, didn't stop Conroy from doing it. There's two sides to the argument. One, you can say Miles Shinquin, lovely boxer, doesn't like to fight. Um, and you know, if he's doing it to you, do it back to him kind of thing. But the other side of it is incompetent refereeing. The referee should be in there to separate when he sees the rabbit punching stop it on the first one separate them tell Conroy you do that again you're getting chucked out of here point off whatever it is but he didn't. He just let him do that. And the rabbit punching is so um, detrimental to a boxer. When you take those punches to the back of the head, that's horrible. All right, all right no more No more ring talk, right? All right, ring talk's done now, next week. No. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Um, so, so you've got a problem that it was northern referees. So a northern referee will know Conroy, won't know Shinquin. Probably refereed him or been some official at his fight since his debut. Um, so it's not a non-partisan referee. So you can... Um, make the argument that perhaps you need for English title fights and above, where you're going to have lads out of different areas, non-partisan referees. Um, I think there were two issues. Um, One of them I shared with Steve in private. I can't say it on here, but he knows. The second one was the ref should have stopped the fight as soon as that initial right hand landed. So if you watch... Miles Shinquin is so far out of it, he can't even hold on. So I've, I've watched this over and over because I wanted to make sure at what point do you stop the fight? As he gets into the corner, he tries to do the right thing, like grab you know, get the underhook on, on Conroy's left arm, and then just turn to pin down his right arm. He can't move his arms. Watch it again, he can't move his arms. he can't get a grip. he can't do anything. He's out. From that right, he's out.: No, I disagree, he's not out. Watch it again. He's, he can't do anything. And so at that point, the ref should have just said, you know what, the fight's done. Because he's just slumped on Conroy's shoulder. Just slumped. No, it's not out. Because after the rabbit punches and they get separated, he's still on his feet. He's still compus you, know? you can still be revived. But if you look at when he gets separated, he staggers back to the corner. He doesn't go back under his own steam. But that's after he's taken eight well, rabbit punches. Well, no, nah, there, there were at least three of those to the neck. You know, they weren't to the back of their head, strictly speaking. I, I, I minimum, think... minimum no. three were to the back of the head. Yeah. Minimum. But, but. Maximum, maximum eight. But there's a, there's a grey area. But in, but, but, but in terms of those shots. What do you reckon, Andy? Those happen in every fight. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, wow, well, wow. Well, what do I think? With my casual hat on, <laughs> my casual and Tindering hat on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Terry's only going to overrule me anyway, isn't he? Yeah, because I'm a casual. I'm a fucking casual, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> Let you guys let you guys use all my equipment to record this. I'm a fucking I'm a fucking casual. You try recording this fucking podcast. He'd have a fair point as well. I would not have a clue. No, nah, he would. But no, no. But but back to the Shinquin thing. If you can't hold on, you're in no position to defend yourself. When he gets into that corner, he's in no position to defend himself, and the ref should have stopped the fight. No, I think he was in a position to defend, himself, but he didn't personally. But he didn't but he's getting punched around the back of the head no 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 no. but he didn't defend himself he couldn't because Miles isn't an idiot Miles knows fuck I've been hit I'm under pressure hold on he could have easily have held on but he was out he didn't hold on I don't think he was I don't think he was get the video up we'll we'll, we'll, we'll (laughs) talk talk through it right (laughs) Um, Right. let let me no no no, I'm going to get the video up so at this point now, feel- hell, we're nearly two hours in. Feel free to go on YouTube. Yeah, I'm typing it in now. Fucking hell, we're nearly two hours in and we're picking up a video.
0: All I say is that rabbit punches can be a bit hairy. Uh. <laughs> I
1: don't even do my Sorry, up. you're gonna get the sound of Andy doing his belt up, because he's had to rush in here to make that terrible joke. With his dick almost hanging out. No,
0: that isn't what
1: happened at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what happened.
0: It wasn't almost I mean my pants are under the strain. So, so of ladies the and gentlemen, it, so right? it's you, always you almost... were a
1: four away from like walking in. <laughs> no, so, so ladies and gentlemen, find a YouTube video called Five Straight Stoppages. At this point, pause and find the video because when I start talking again, I I'm can't just even go be bothered to find it. So I can't imagine people at home are doing it. Boom, Conrad throws the right hand. Shinquin sags, his head hits the ropes, he's out, he's completely out at that point. <sighs> That's not... when you stop the fight. Andy, casual, come and have a look. Come and have a look, Cash. What, 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 Cash, what do you see here, right? Well, let's go back. What do you see there? What do you see? Doesn't that look like a man who's out of it? Watch. Watch the head. Watch the head. Struggling to hold on. Can you see how he's struggling to hold on? He can't get his arms up. He's out. Ref pulls him apart. Look at him. He's out. There. He's out. The ring post keeps him up. He is not out on his feet. Okay, I don't even need a, to watch it.
0: It's a bit of a struggle. It's a bit of a struggle. Like he's hopping around, but I mean, he does it. it look, at the very least, the, I mean, you. I don't know why you're asking me to ref this. I'm the most most casual boxer <laughs> fan that is. We need the casual perspective. But on. in my in my humble opinion of that, there at the Stay very humble. least, he just he just um, shows how. Unstreetwise, he is unsavvy, whatever the but he's
1: not, he's an experienced, he's from a family of boxers. So Miles, he they... knows how to hold, he couldn't because he had been like he was out, like he was in no position to defend himself. That's why his head bounced off the rope. Well, yes, Martin, it did bounce off the rope, it may have bounced off the rope. Other bounce uh, James the Gale's head probably bounced off the ropes. That's all he does for most no of the fight. Look. That, uh, that look, the referee he, at that point, I would have been like, do you know what, mate, this fight stops. The fact is, right, okay, okay, right, accept that. But he didn't do that. He allowed the fight to go on and he allowed Conroy to punch a minimum of three, maximum of eight times on the back of the head. My point is, out of this, you ought to have non partisan officials in these fights because subconsciously or not, that official will know Liam Conroy better than he knows Miles Shingquin because they're both from the same area. My point is, the board ought to be. Pushing for non partisan officials for English and above uh, fights. But how do you get non partisan officials? You get somebody from Wales. You get a ref from Wales. One that hasn't refed either of them before. Someone from Scotland. It can be done. It's not that hard to find a referee that hasn't officiated either of them before. For English and above. Yeah, but they, they, you know, to use a Theobaldism, but now you're adding costs to what is probably already a very low margin event. Nah, you possibly are. But, you know, that's down to the promoter. I think if if the promoters aren't happy about these things, the away promoter, look, give it to the away promoter or the away manager. The away manager, you say, look, you can have the home one or you can pay 100 quid extra and we'll fly one in who's non Because if I'm being brutally honest about that, had... Shinquid not taking that initial right hand and I'd seen that in the corner, I'd have been like, I mean, bit overzealous. Fuck it. It is what it is. Because that happens. In most fights, that happens. And it happens when you get frustrated with someone leaning on your shoulder. DeGaille had a point deducted yesterday because he was aggressive use of the shoulder because he was trying to get Truax off of him. Yeah, Truax had his head in exactly the same position and he's trying to get him off so he can do some work. But what happens when you get frustrated is you just start going, do you know what? I'm going to pull back and swing, pull back and swing in the hope that he pulls back as well. It's reckless and the ref is there to police it. But I genuinely think, had there not been the initial right hand, the, those punches that Conroy threw wouldn't have had that effect.
0: Um, do we want to touch on the Canelo Triple G match being off? No.
1: We don't know. Like, they're talking about Spike O'Sullivan stepping in for Canelo. In the same way we said, how the hell did David Price get the Povetkin fight? How the fuck does Spike O'Sullivan get that? On banter? On moustache? I'm not really sure what it is that quantifies him. Beaten by Billy Joe Saunders. Stopped by Chris Eubank. Why do we want to see Spike O'Sullivan? Lovely bloke as he is. Don't want to see Spike O'Sullivan versus Triple G. At all. Ah, I think Golden Boy just want that Cinco de Mayo revenue. So like, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure that was in the contract. If Canelo pulls out, we will choose who the replacement opponent is. I really hope not, though. Terrible fight. Um. Final question.
0: Right, I don't really. Lpc one two three says I don't know. On a scale of one to Eddie Hearn, how much of a wanker is Eddie Hearn? Seems like a bit of a cheap shot, but is there any flushing out to do?
1: No, I like Eddie Hearn.
0: (laughs) I think I think overall, overarching on this podcast, we'd say that he was a force for good in boxing. We were. (laughs) <laughs> Even though everyone has
1: paid his days, fighters, gives him we, a platform, he's an advocate of them, right? for yeah. his fighters. He does some dickish things and we pull him up on that. But overall, if he didn't exist as we say on this podcast, we'd just we'd want him created. If we go back to the, the scenario always used, look, Andy, you're about to turn professional. I'm your manager. Every promoter in the UK is offering you a contract, same amount of money, you'd pick Hearn. You'd definitely pick Hearn. Not to say that we endorse everything that he does, but he's the best at what he does in the country. Bar none. He does make some dickish moves. But he's the best at what he does. All mm-hmm. the promoters make dickish moves, one way or another. It's just that he's the Being one who's paid on... in instalments. He's the one who's on top of the hill at the moment, so we all fire at him. Sometimes not getting paid at all. <laughs> Sometimes suing podcasters. <laughs> and then calling them grasses for just pointing out what you did. Go on, Terry. Oh, Terry. Uh, Woo! Not it. paying your £200 debt. Oh. That's a real ailment. Then backing the guy. <laughs> then backing the guy that hates foreigners in that same fight.
0: That's as bad as my hair, rabbit point. Um Right, any other business? Because we need to go. No, i yes. yes, there is. <laughs> that's better.
1: Yeah. Absolute shambles yesterday with with the UK golden gloves, right? So these guys decided to set up a series of tournaments for young amateur boxers to crack on. First one happens in Manchester, absolute disaster. Don't have the officials to do anything. Basically load of kids, load of clubs, spent a shitload of money getting up to Manchester for a boxing show that ends up being canceled anyway. Cy Clayton there. Probably. But the upside was there was a white collar event going on next door, which I think the same people are organizing. So that just shows you, doesn't it? Where, People's heads are where the are priorities in are. Yeah, no, no, it's an absolute joke. Um, I'm trying to think, we've talked about yoker, haven't we? Where Commonwealth Games, what's going on over there? Uh, well, Ben Whitaker won because e- none of today. it's on the BBC, they're not showing any well, of it. Well, it involves violence, and we know what the BBC are like. I'm, Just anything contentious? I can't can watch show. fucking cycling any minute of the day now, or, but, or skeet shooting, yeah, bowls or something, yeah. but I can't watch a boxing. No, but I know Ben Whitaker's through, I think the McCormack brothers are through. A uh, friend of mine, Kay Scott, won earlier today as well. You know, it, Andy, I'm sure you'd like her.
0: Hey, I am. I'm. I'm not a single man anymore. My eyes are firmly on
1: my lady. Okay, that's good to know. So you won't be watching the ladies' boxing then. I don't. I'm mean, not. Look, I
0: hardly watch any boxing anyway, so that shouldn't have
1: <laughs> as much
0: of a surprise to anyone.
1: But 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 no, to be fair, I think this is Commonwealth Games, like. You know, it yeah, it's shit, man. It's just, it's just an excuse (laughs) for yeah, honestly.
0: All right, just an excuse for Britain to shit on the old colonies again. Nobody cares. Like it's it's like it's like the poor man's Olympics, which is is like, like just
1: rubbish. Not as good as the World Student Games, is it?
0: It's just a chance for Australia and England to think they're great.
1: What about topless darts? What happened to that? Do you remember that on live TV?
0: Back in the nineties, topless darts. I remember you I didn't have that channel at the time, And I remember you raving
1: about it. It was, and just, I was, birds, like, I it was just birds playing darts. Was topless. that the same was that the same channel that did what? topless weather or topless news? Yeah, yeah, that's I the know. one live TV. Wasn't that Kelvin McKenzie? It was. It fucking was no. little fucking <laughs> porn distributor that he is. Oh, God. How, many, how
0: many 180s did they get? <laughs> I
1: don't know. I
0: can imagine them not hitting the board and they're like, jump up and down anyway. <laughs> I,
1: I got a few but, 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 no, out of it. But excited this week, <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I hear I hear Steve Goodwin's dro- dropping bombs every day this week coming up. You know, I'm excited. Don't often say that. I'm excited to see what, <sighs> what bombs Steve drops. It is. It is. It's a heavyweight you're excited about, isn't there? Nah, nah I never get excited about stuff like that. There are a few decent things coming out. Are we ready to bail?
0: Is that it? it? Have we got anything
1: else? Uh, no, no, we can bail. All
0: oh, right, Yeah, you're just checking for your train
1: time. Yeah, right? of course. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Um, just to... But, re- but on a side note, quick one. Sorry. It's trains run for another 10 minutes. No, 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 no. Everyone that listens to this, feedback, right? I think I think every so often we should just kind of kick on a gear as a podcast. So always good to know what people think. You'll be as honest as you want tell us what you think will make it better more interesting more engaging don't be silly or you'll get aired out here and i've got i've got bullets for all of you if you're not you know <laughs> if it's not constructive nice <laughs>
0: gesture give us some feedback but don't be horrible that's not that's not any good is it
1: no no they can be horrible we'll be constructive with it. exactly oh, right, then, there's fine. got there's got to be an issue and a path to resolution. Yeah,
0: don't tell us we're all knobs because we know that already we, we are very aware <laughs> Very aware. <laughs> There's nothing we can do about it unless there is. In which case, tell us. Um, okay. Well, that's it. That is it. Uh, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, just to reiterate, that was uh, Calm that we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Campaign Against Living Miserably. You can reach them on 0800 585858. And you can get in touch with them online at thecalmzone.net.
1: I just want to reiterate on this like in case anyone thinks we're cashing in on a charity uh it's not the case whatsoever like we we were in discussion with them had a few conversations um and it's just something like from a karma perspective from us was like let's do something good we've got a relatively small but loyal listenership um so let's just do something good so
0: that actually is encompassed within like the demographic mirrors it matches, matches,
1: yeah. age, sex-wise. You know, ninety-five percent of it mirrors Calm's
0: target audience. What
1: they're after, so yeah. there, there's no, you know, financial benefit to us in doing so. We just we want to support people that are doing good things. What we're about.
0: So. Yeah, despite the fact we're all horrible people, we've done something nice. So, you know... Yeah, yeah, yin and yang, innit? Ra- swings and roundabouts. We might be up there at St. Peter's Gate for a while listening to all the bad things we've done, but at least there'll be a good thing in the box. There'll be, there'll be one on the other side of the yeah, paper. one thing on the other column. Uh, that is it. Thank you very much for listening. Get in touch at New Age Boxing UK, Doom. at The Seven Wolves, and... Shout
1: out to Sam Smith.
0: At The New Age Podfather. That's getting cut out. Uh... <laughs> No, it's not. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next week. Bye bye.